No one cares about boxing. Tyson Fury, everyone had to look up his name. Everybody no had to look up. guess what? Nobody had to look up Floyd Mayweather's name. They went nuts, but this is the reaction she should have gotten. Because <laughs> that's legit. Daniel Day-Lewis. That's what that movie is known for. Not this other fucking name. <laughs> I know, but it's still a good movie, though. Best Buy just released the MCU Infinity Saga. Whoops, people. Should be, should be careful. Five hundred dollars, everyone. Five fifty. Guess what? I have. Oh, five fifty. Oh shit. Dude, I have those movies already. That's gonna be the most expensive bonus disc I ever buy. Uh, who are watching? You better pay through the court or pay according to the court order. When he's the real Joker, you should kind of treat that as fictional world. And when he's himself, which is kind of clown makeup or not the Joker look, that's pseudo-reality sometimes. And somehow Tuesday ended up being the day, the hour, <laughs> almost the minute of this huge, re the wrestling industry being revolutionized, man. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 261 of The Wrestling Court, where we got a whole lot of bad news and some disturbing stuff to uh, play today. Hello. I'm your Yo, hello. Oh, hello, hey, hello, Kevin. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? I gotta, I gotta lower you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no <it>? words. <laughs> you know what? Uh -huh. Fuck it. Let's just get straight to it. I'm your host, Julian Cannon. We have my co-host Rob and Kevin Castle of the Don Tony Kevin Castle Show. How are all of you doing? Uh, I've had final moments, but I think a lot of a lot. We, geez, a lot of people are not having a good day today. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Did you see Drake Maverick on Twitter? Yes, My I, God. I, I, wanted, I wanted to cry when I see that. That was devastating because it's like, you, that, you know he's not the one making like Finn Balor money. You know, he's, no. not, making, he's not making uh, a lot of these guys' money. Like, but like for him, like he is just devastating. Especially like how they were just like on Monday pushing him to go into a new direction right. and, and doing a whole – being part of the um, – Cruiserweight? He's been part of the NXT Cruiserweight. I forget who's part of some kind of tournament. The tournament is supposed to be happening. Yeah, the Cruiserweight in like, uh, tournament that's happening tonight. Well, they did They did the same thing with Ho No Way Jose was shell-shocked when he was on his video saying, I just was at Raw on Monday. I worked, and I no one told me anything, and I'm just processing this right now. And he was shell-shocked, No Way Jose. The people making videos, are the, again, there's no – this is far from the previous – Oh, I can't wait for my future. No one's saying that. Uh, no one, no one no, knows what their absolutely future is. No one. <laughs> this, these, this isn't the guys that wanted to be released. Oh no, no. Uh, I mean, there's it, twenty. This is there's, not... there's like what 20, 20 names. There's twenty as um, of right now. I'll go through the names real quick, but let me also preface yeah. this. Anyone that's saying, "Oh, AEW is going to pick them up," yeah, we'll see about that next week when their releases start happening. Exactly. I expect a, a cut. Matter of fact, I'm hearing Ring of Honor is going to start releasing people. So, again, I think uh, NWA, I think everyone is very nervous right now. The top juggernaut who had money to burn from Saudi Arabia and Fox and NBC had to let go of over 20 talent today. The most they've ever let go on any bus flip that they've done in years. So every wrestler from... I'm telling you, from the NWA to Ring of Honor to MLW, even if they have a contract, is biting their fingernails right now. Well, so. yeah, you, you, we, we, let's go into this a little bit about just the idea of what happened. Uh, one of the biggest things that happened was that uh, Vince lost a, a shit ton of money with the XFL. Yes. That was And finding out that he had lied, saying that it was not a part of WWE. 
I find out that WWE held almost 25% stock options or whatever in XFL. Right. So that hit them really hard. Something that – an investment that he shouldn't have done, even though everyone praised XFL and it was a bad timing. You know, this isn't technically their fault, but right. it was the idea that it was one of those things where a guy like Kim says, no, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to make sure I do it right this time. Took right. a chance and used money and lied to his stockholders in the WWE. They actually had to go after him in court, and then they settled out of court just to find out. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's the truth. He did use it. He lied. He didn't have all that money. He used WWE's money and he he sold some of his stocks. But that's a lot of money to lose in one shot on top of what you were losing already for the last month or so. WrestleMania, WrestleMania, epic collapse of WrestleMania, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big, you know, but I don't believe wholeheartedly that we're hearing everything you want to hear. We want, you're hearing what they're telling you on the negative side, not realizing that this is a corporation that's existed for, with Vince, 60, almost 50 something years with Vince. Well, Vince, and, oh, Vince, Vince is in, in charge since 84, before that, okay. Vince, Vince Sr. since 61. So. 61. So basically, but Vince has been around it even before he had taken over, but he was doing smaller, he was doing New England and working his way down, yeah. and he, he was doing this for a while. Yes. He, he sold it, he picked the shirt off his back to do first WrestleMania. How are you at a level in your life where you're so powerful, but yet you can make these mistakes, which human beings make mistakes, but the idea is... The money loss, is this a combination of those fearing other promotions and, and giving contracts that they probably couldn't afford? One, right? Mm-hmm. Is it also a combination of his mistakes and taking, you know, these, you were hearing all the stories last year that they weren't getting hundreds of paid from the Saudi Arabia until they were finally getting the money. Then we can't speculate on that because we'll just say what we've heard. There's lots of steps here that we've seen that like, wow, you know, he keeps claiming he's this great businessman. I'm thinking maybe he's, he's off step a little bit because there's no reason why uh, the, the wrestlers had to be let go, even at that level of, oh, wow, we lost money. Don't, don't tell me you, this corporation is losing uh, the hemorrhaging money. This corpor- corporation is a hemorrhage money and still don't do what Vince did just now. All right, people are followed because they can do it because they're allowed to. Now, here's my differences. I, I, for people listening who don't know the difference, I have to explain this. Mm-hmm. Furlough from fired. The wrestlers are independent contractors. They're fired. They're not furloughed. Office workers are going to get furloughed next. Yes. Now, furloughed mm-hmm. means what furlough means. If you guys don't know, is that hey, when we start making it back on money and we start getting back on our feet, you will have a job to come back to. I had to let go of uh, ten workers. In my building, furloughed them. Twenty years, twenty-five years in the union, furloughed. You know, and, they, and they're, they're not working right now. Right. But when the building gets back and up and running, they will come back, and they don't lose their seniority, they don't lose anything. Okay. There's a difference between furloughed and fired, and I think that's another big misconception because they had said, "Oh, WWE had furloughed and fired a whole bunch of people." You can't use those two terms interchangeably because like, that's, that's not what's happening here. Now, no, they're, they're going they're for what's. Robin, are we going, going for what? <laughs> what's done, yeah. what would look good on the freaking headline? I get that. Also, I don't think a lot of these wrestling news sites really know the difference. I, 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 let's be serious. A lot of people don't know what these terms mean. I mean, yeah. it's something you have to even like. I knew what it meant, but I still looked it up before I explained this to my workers because they're not going to understand because the fear is that wait, I'm fired. You know, like they, no, no, you're not fired. You're furloughed. Is it? 
there's co- there's union jobs that go on for a little all the time. Like so, other guys can work. You you have five months on, you have three months off, and you come back and you rotate, right? So, <clears throat> but these wrestlers weren't even given the common decency of like a phone call. From what we heard, from what was speculated, they were all sent a mass text to all these guys, and that I think is the biggest, to me, a disrespectful thing that you couldn't even make a phone call. That well, bothers Drake me more said, than anything. Well, Drake said, said he, he got he was phone, off the phone. He got a phone call. Yeah, but I don't. Macarano, Macarano called. I think no, it was a two. I think some of them got phone calls. Some of them got texts, but I'm not sure. But again, it's just so supposedly that there's more people being let go tomorrow. So uh, now, do you this think this is office workers, or you think these are going to be wrestlers more? Well, you know, they let go of that girl Andrea Lestenberger, who was the one who came up with the idea for the most successful idea uh, of Mandy and uh, Otis. So she was kind of beloved by the underground wrestling people on the wrestling dirt sheet guys. She got let go. And she wasn't like she'll be back or anything like that. I think she was outright fired, saying, on to the next chapter in my life. Uh, so I think she's gone, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Mike Chioda, everyone. Yeah. Was he, he's yes, like that one he's shot a senior. Isn't he one of the senior referees? Yeah. He's he's a, how many is? Next to Charles Robinson, he would be the guy. Uh, in, yes, uh, this is 1989. He, he, He's on camera. He does stuff for the WWE as a spokesman. Them letting him go was shocking to me. Now, the agent landscape is very interesting. Lance Storm, Shane Helms, Mike Rotundo, Fit Finley, Pat Buck, Billy Kidman, Sean Navari, and Scott Armstrong all gone. That means Joseph Park, Abyss, is probably the top agent right now who left, wow. kept his job. And I, Michael Hayes is still there, obviously. Michael's Absolutely. on a high level. Uh, but I think Joseph Park is the highest acting agent right now. Abyss, who is not, you know, who's a teen. I mean, that's amazing to me. They, they didn't keep, uh, like, they didn't. They, they, they kept an outside guy as one of the top guys. He must Joseph Park must really be in good there for them to, to release Rotundo and Finley over Joseph Park. That's amazing to me. They let Finley go and kept Park? That's amazing. Well, you know, what you've been hearing for the last several months, a lot of the best booking that's been praised by Vince has all been uh, 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 Abyss and um, Sanjay Dutt. Yeah. Don't, they were booking forget, a lot of that. Us. Don't forget also Jeff Jarrett is still there. Jason Jordan is still there. Uh, you said Michael Hayes also. I'm trying yeah. to think who else is still there. I mean, we still haven't got all the list of everything yet. So, I mean, I mean, it's so funny that you hear like, oh, Kurt Angle. Like, what's he doing? Oh, right. They have him on that kind Rusev of. Rusev is gone, but Lana yeah. has been kept. Still, that's going to yep. be interesting. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. They kept interesting. Lashley and Lana, but they got rid of Rusev. They got rid of Rusev. <laughs> Kurt Angle was on his way out. You saw Kurt yeah, Angle yeah. kind of opening up. Gallows and Anderson coming off the best thing of WrestleMania, part of AJ's crew. What does this mean for Styles now? Does he go back to being a babyface? Because without Henchman, he's not. He can't really how fly in his own as a uh, beatdown guy. After all these tapings that they've already done, like how do you go back to live recording and you're like you lost all your friends? Like, and the OC like, guys, they signed the OC if you remember for like seven hundred more years. Rob, you're right. What you said, they did almost the Bret Hart thing. Remember where Vince couldn't afford Bret's contracts yep. to go negotiate? Yep. They 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 overpaid the revival, Gals and Anderson, uh, all these guys, uh, just yep. to get them and keep them away from this you know supposed threat. And meanwhile, uh, like I said, AEW is absolutely going to announce a release list soon. Um, but they again overpaid and then took a grand look at it. Now when this thing happened, 
they they were just like, you know, we're, we're going to have to get rid of all these. Eric Rowan, like who just yeah. came off a push. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Logan, who just showed up at the Monday TV. This she is like, yeah, this year's like film. Like she, she has wrestled. Yeah, she was going <laughs> to film an, an injury angle and they, they they bounced her out. Lance Storm shut his school down to come move to the States and yes. uh, be, be an agent here. And he didn't even last six months. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, unbelievable. Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. I mean, they've been, been there hiding. for since 2007. They've been hiding in plain sight yes. a little bit too long. I think that, the, but you they've know, been using they, them a lot for YouTube and yeah. the WWE Network. They've done a lot. Zach Ryder does a lot of that WWE um, Network stuff. The Canellas is uh, Mike and Maria have been hiding in plain sight too long too. They got away with murder. Yeah, um, Kev, um, yeah. I thought Get for him. a second that. I thought for a second that Maria was still pregnant at the time when they announced her name, but it appears that she <laughs> no, already no, had she, she, she may get that kid out there. <laughs> dude, oh, dude imagine, if, imagine if she was still pregnant at this time. That would have stirred up a lot of controversy. Do you know that they're saying that some of the people they just had on TV the last two weeks, the WWE took a good look at and just said, nah, they just don't have anything. They did that with Deanna Perrazzo, who got squashed by uh, Nia Jax last week. Yes. And so supposedly the wrestlers, no way Jose, Diana Perrazzo and uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sarah Logan. All these people have been on the last couple of weeks. It was almost like let's take a last look at them and see if we can do anything with them. They almost did their. They almost did a, a tryout for their release, basically, because they said rumor has it they just saw nothing from Diana Perrazzo. You know, this, this is the problem you're bringing up that drives me crazy. Like these guys risk their health to yeah. travel to film these shows that they didn't want to do, but since they were so low. They had to because other guys can say, no, I'm not coming, and you can't touch them, right? These guys had to travel, did not want to travel. They were a fear of this thing because I just came back from recovered from it. My wife hit it. I had it. I hope to God my daughter didn't have it. But if she oh, was, you had COVID? Oh, Do you have COVID? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm okay. <clears throat> I've, it's been uh, – this will be my third week uh, after, and then I'm good. But you know, now I'm good. good. But the point yeah. is I got hit, and I didn't get hit bad. You know, I never went to the hospital, thank God, nothing like that. But you know, I got hit. And I, I kept a mask on. I wore gloves. I did everything the right way, and I still got it. You know what I'm saying? That was just bullshit. And I see these wrestlers risking their life to wrestle other people that you're, you're trusting. Well, you stand outside in a garage and get a thermometer to your head. Oh, you don't have a fever. It doesn't mean you don't have it. And they risked their lives to go wrestle because they had no choice, right, to get get fired, to be released. Like, that is where this whole thing drives me crazy. You mean you couldn't finagle the books, keep these wrestlers and say, look, I can't pay you these contracts we, we promised you. We're going to have to reduce your pay. You know, Obviously, we're not doing live tapings. You did a lot, this, this, and this. We'll, we'll try out. We'll reduce pay. We'll see what we can do and see what goes from there. And then maybe in a month or two, look back at releases. You just well, jumped me, the gun. Let me, it just, let I let feel like jumped the gun far too early. Let me put it like this, Rob. If they would have still done that, they would have still lost money because remember, no merchandise is coming in, no, no merchandise is coming in, and everything else that was associated with that. Plus, add on to the fact that they lost a shitload of money for WrestleMania because they lost a lot of money because people were either getting their refunds or again because of merchandise. Understand, WWW, WWW, Listen to me. <laughs> does not work like how my friend's convention works. Whereas if he gets the ticket sales pre-advance, he uses that money to buy other stuff. That is not how WWE works. That's not where they're at. They are not like, you know, a USA Pro where, oh, shit, you know, we got to make this money. I, I, I took an advance from a bank to get money to get the small show going. Hopefully we make it at the door. You know, no, this is not where WWE is at. 
Oh. That was when they shut them down. The city shut it down. Uh, the state, Florida, shut them down. Right. The state. They got their insurance money back. They didn't. Do you? I'm sorry. No disrespect. Yeah, they lost ticket sales. They didn't lose their money. They lost venue, which is a you know that's a good ticket price. But that doesn't. If you're not put, if you never put on a wrestling show, you wouldn't have to pay nobody. But anyway. He, did, he would not have lost as he did not lose as much money as people think he did because he got it back in insurance because it wasn't his fault. It was part of an act. Every day, every event WWE does, they take insurance policy out ahead of time. And then because the state shut them down and worked with them and Vince said, well, we're going to have to cut it. But he didn't cut it. He cut a deal. He didn't lose the money he lost. I'm telling you he didn't. He probably lost some yeah, because you don't have fans. You don't have that extra money. There's your cash flow, right? But this isn't 1984 for him. This isn't, you know what I'm saying? Like this isn't. This is. They're in a different stratosphere. They have a corporation. They've sunk in millions and millions of dollars to start a football teams again. How you don't have this money? I imagine if you never did the XFL, you wouldn't have as bad because you would never have that big a loss on top of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I, there had there is a lot of money lost there. I don't know how much insurance or whatever you got, but. Uh, the losses are pretty, pretty, pretty vast. I mean, I would think that between the XFL, the WrestleMania yeah. situation, I don't know the what XFL. the XFL is a main thing, but uh, the, also, you know, let's even get to what the real situation at hand is of why the XFL is no more and why WrestleMania didn't happen the way it should have. It's what's going on in society right now. You just you said it. COVID nineteen is the culprit, uh, and the shutdown, complete shutdown of America, let alone the market or the the wrestling market. Uh, it's all over America. I mean, uh, in the world, there was no way to go. There was no way to hide from it. You were going to get affected by it. Um, I'm surprised that uh, this didn't happen sooner. Um, I think they were waiting to see how successful with the you know, limited buy rates were for the people who couldn't get it for free at the $10 WWE Network, uh, WrestleMania. They weren't going to get much revenue from that. Um, and, you know, selling that stupid shirt, I wasn't there. Or just like, you know, they just they try to raise some money with little knickknacks here and there, but not, nothing's going to happen uh, mm. that's going to be any significance. And I think they took a grand look at the grand look at everything in, in the last couple of weeks and just saying, and, and with Vince having an ear to Donald Trump and Donald Trump maybe even telling them, I can't even tell you when you're going to get back. And Linda probably has the inside word of, uh, you know, Vince like, so, you know, when, when are we getting back? When live attendance? I, I have no idea. And that was just that they just had to act now because there is if Vince saw that just like in my industry right now, we have no idea when we're going back. We think June, some say after 4th of July, some say definitely August, but we just don't know. Mm. WWE can't book anything and stuff like that because they got to take a grand look at everything and say, yes. how are we going to, how are we going to get uh, this situation? All these people are going to have sitting around, we have to make cuts and we, we better do it now. So it's going to be more painful to do it later. Um, but I think, Taking the XFL out of it, I think we still would have saw half the cuts we saw today. The XFL added more, more to it. Um, but I have this feeling, XFL aside, this situation is completely... I mean, I had a... You know, not to get into another subject, but I had just quickly... I got into a, a Skype... I've been Skype all day today, actually, with uh, three owners who normally don't even talk to each other, who were... The, the happy medium was me because I booked for all three of them. 
and they were asking about how the GoFundMe thing was going. What are you guys doing? Trying to raise money for some of them trying more raise money for themselves and their own staff people, which I had a problem with. But they were basically saying, if you if you open up again, if you heard that they're going to cut our capacities or put new restrictions on us for as as a venue, and they're like, if so, and then some of the guys are like, if so, I'm just selling. I'm I'm out. I'm out. And I'm hearing this, and I'm a guy who's like dependent on these three someone to say, no, I'm in. We're going to make this happen. Everyone was like Debbie Downering it, like. Well, you know, we had a good run. It was over, and I'm sitting here going, holy shit. Like, if the 18 other staff members heard what I'm hearing now, everyone would be yeah. abandoning ship like now, like you wouldn't believe. But I just chalked it up to everyone being frustrated, and nobody really – everybody just used that uh, Skype session to vent to each other. But I don't believe any of the owners really want to shut it down. They are going to hope for the best. But if I went by what I saw today, I am out of show business as of today. I'm out. I'm ass out. With no final check and no stimulus, no nothing. Right. We're not getting anything. Um, so, so again, um, I'm just going to say everybody was just on edge today. Take a step back. We'll regroup next week. Maybe some good news will happen. Uh, but I was told today, two clubs said they don't open by June 1st. They are out of business. And there's no check. or The government can't do anything for them because they'll be playing catch-up for the next 10 years. And they don't, think they'll live to, they don't think they'll live to see a profit. And why own a business if you're at zero profit? It's better to take the loss and cut cut your losses. Exactly. So, so I'm sorry to get off track, but that's that's no, you're right. This is but, where yeah, this yeah, is where totally everything right. is right you know, now. You know, but it's crazy. funny as that is that I saw it with my corporation. Now the corporation that owns my cleaning company, the, the business, right. is a is a billion dollar corporation. Yeah. I mean, when I mean billion dollars, I mean more than just a billion dollars. Vernado Real Estate is huge. Yeah. The minute. They were set to shut down for the first two weeks. We were getting calls. We're cutting you guys. We're cutting you guys. We can't pay you guys. And I'm like, yes, you can. We know you can. Oh, but the the the, the tenants are working from home. They don't want it. They want to get a discount on their rent. First out, why would you let them? These corporations have their servers in our building. Yeah. Without their flaws, their servers would not exist. They have to pay rent for their t- for their office workers to work from home. They need to be connected to their server, and their server is in your building. They have to pay rent. Well, they want they want a discount. We want to make them happy. No, no. See, that's what you want to do. See, you want to make them happy. Is to explain the logic. Say, no, you guys are still making money. You're still working, even though you're not working in the building and you have limited workers in the building. If I shut the power to your floor, you're not working. You know what I'm saying? You can. No. You, you're strong for them, but they didn't want to do that. So they went after the smaller workers. They went after security guards, engineers, porters. They want to cut them. Meanwhile, like our money is nowhere near the price of what these tenants pay, right? Let's put it this way. My building, my one building, Trump has 30% of my building. Oh, wow. he, his name's not in the building or nothing. He just has it oh, from. Sorry, being, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, he was he was grandfathered in. He had uh, he had money with the Chinese when they owned the building and. He ended up being forced to stay because, once again, he's not very smart at business, as, as he claims to be. He couldn't get out of the contract that he signed because he never reads it. But in, in a long way, it benefited him because do you know that our building, my building, my one building, a part of the Vernado portfolio, makes Trump the most money out of all his buildings? $500 million he makes for what his 30% is. If he's making over $500 million a year, what's Vernado making on my building? 45-story office building in Midtown Manhattan. Right? How much are they making if he's making five hundred million? You understand for one yeah. building, and they have a portfolio in New York, thirty-five to forty-five buildings. 
each one almost as big and almost as large and almost you know, they own the whole lot of buildings across the street from MSG. You're gonna tell me you're not making money. You know what I'm saying? Like you're making money. But once Maybe the also, owner of Anato said, Oh, we need cutbacks, they just automatically freaked out because he was worried about his paycheck. The owner, like, <laughs> you're filthy rich and a hundred years old. You, you, you're good, Rob. He's figure out how much Robbie's figure out how much money he's gotten to put more into his pocket than it needs to be. That's why. But this is what I'm saying is that, like, you know, these people when they're reaching that level of money can do. Look at Jeff Bezos, like what he said at Amazon. He wanted the the the, the buyers yeah. to help pay for the workers. I'm like. You could take care of your workers for the next year without making a profit, and still you'll be okay. Like you legitly could. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, like Kevin's problem is you, when you store, you know, when you're dealing with venues. Yeah, that's there. We know most venues don't make it like that. So they're living check to check, truthfully. But when, when you talk about corporations that are on are publicly traded on the stocks, there's a different level of money. This is my point. This is where I'm getting at. Like you know. There's ways around to keep people without doing what you did. This was a – I just find it funny that two days ago Vince is talking about the whole XFL thing, shut up and hung up phone calls. Next day he fires all these people. Yeah. So obviously there's a correlation and that's yeah. the let truth. Me also, let me also add to this. MJ Jenkins is the latest to be added to the release list. If you guys don't I'm sorry, know who, who he is. Who, yeah, who is that? I'm sorry. I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, Zia Lee's boyfriend. He's also oh, he was in NXT for a bit. Oh, I, I was expecting way more NXT cuts than they've been releasing. I've only saw like two, so he's the third one technically because it was the other two were um those uh like you said the Ambrazo and uh, Alexander Jukovic Juvaki or whatever his oh, name sorry, is. Oh, sorry, sorry. Alexander is the one that's Zayli's boyfriend, but this one's a new. Yeah, one he's the one that got. Let me. Yes. Okay. So, let me let me read a statement. COVID nineteen has been devastating for me and my family. My brother-in-law, who was my legal guardian, passed away to COVID-19. Today, COVID-19 stripped me of my dream job. Feels like life is being sucked from me. Thank you to everyone that has reached out. Be safe and stay strong. All right. Let's just really – can I just go through the list of names? So we have Carl Anderson, EC3, Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Leo Rush, Luke Gallows, Eric Oh, can Young. we talk about Leo Rush for a second? Was he yeah. still – did he still have the title? No, no. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> no he lost it. He was L- luckily he gr- luckily within the last few years he grew up because remember a few years ago when Emma got released, yeah, yeah. Right, I, so I read a statement yeah. on uh, Twitter. I thought to myself, "Good class, man. Good class. You did not mess up this time, but good class." I can't believe you. Like you said, like Aiden English, you got Kurt Angle, Her- Heath Slater. Who Heath Slater has? You talk about under the radar. Heath Slater <laughs> had. This long time where he was, I didn't think Vince even knew he was employed. And then Slater's he had like been there since the Deep South days, man. And he he yeah. had some every so often he would get like a little bit of a nice push. I think the thing where I have kids was a big thing. Him and Rhino had a really good thing going on. And then he would yeah, fade in and out, you know. And I, 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 Primo and Epico, I'm surprised they weren't released earlier. You know, um, like I said, Sarah Logan, Rowan, uh, Zach Ryder, No Way Jose, Rusev, and the, the NXT people. But like that's like, like these names on this list and this list that I'm looking at is just the talent. Whenever, like you say, you talk about the backstage guys. Uh, I'm happy for Abyss because that guy, I mean, he hurt his body and stayed in TNA for so long that he kind of deserves being in WWE. 
in the back. Uh, I, I just I didn't know what kind of agent he was. I've heard things about him, but I was just surprised that Finley, who everybody seems to always uh, reference as far as the go-to guy backstage right. and stuff, since Arn Anderson left, um, you know, again. Nobody is safe is basically what this thing has uh, shown me. With Mike Yoda and Finley let go, those two, along with Rusev and Angle to a degree, because Angle, I thought they wanted to be an ambassador for the company. I'm surprised they're going to let him go now, and he can kind of go do what he wants. But uh, maybe there's other things. There's other unmitigating circumstances that we don't really know about, you know? Well, yeah, some guys, I you don't mind in a way. Like Kurt Angle, he, did, he came back. He had his little retirement thing. And they use them every so often. Yeah. Don't think for a second when things pick up, they won't call him back. Like I don't think Kurt Angle has anything to worry about. They'll call him back up and go, "Hey, listen, uh, next year's WrestleMania, we're going to do this. Whatever you want to be there, yeah, of course he'll be there. Like that, you know. Let's be serious. But it's the guys that, like you know, I wonder how well off Rowan is. Like I know Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, they made their money. They're not dumb. You know, they made pretty damn good money. You know, they never, remember, they never went to NXT. They never took a pay cut. So, you know, they went straight to the Raw. They went straight to Raw. So, in a way, it was kind of like, you know, they made good money. And he, and Carl Anderson, if you saw his house, like, and his wife and his kids, like, he's doing okay. Like, obviously, he's got money. And it, most of these guys, a mm. lot of these older school wrestlers do have other businesses, which you hope they can still kind of do. I know Rhino yeah. has, but I don't know if Rhino is doing that right now. But there's a lot of guys that have other businesses, you know, and then hopefully that they're not impacted by the other business. But, um, you know, you see, like, you know, certain guys like Kurt Angle, like, you know, he's not done in the future. You know, he'll, he'll, he, they'll call him back. But it's guys that are like the Drake Mavericks or like the guys that know, oh, we didn't see guys. nothing. Sarah, the younger yeah, guys Sarah Logan, women. we didn't see nothing in him like, in her. Like, you know, it's like, well, okay, well, what's going to happen after everything goes back to normal? When, if things can go I, back to normal. Hey, Rob, can I also add to the fact that nobody has talked about the other office workers, you know, like the administrative the camera crew, yeah. the video. Yeah, I mean, those people, those, those people. I'm telling you, those people are getting furloughed. They're not going to get fired. I think most of those people that were the union, union guys, guys, yeah, the union guys, yeah. They're they're furloughed. They're they're going to use their PTO time because I guarantee with WWE they probably have never used any you know sick days or <laughs> vacation time, so they could probably use that first. And that's a lot of people going to end up doing like using up their vacation and sick time before they get furloughed. Indefinitely, you know, because that the company starts to kind of uh, the company is not that bad off that they can't afford to pay those people that time, so they'll get their money for that. So, I definitely I, you're going to see like maybe some new people that were just probably hired are going to be gone. Um, but I think overall, like you know, the Vince said that all their upper management are going to take cuts in the pay staff, which I think is the smartest thing to do. I think honestly, yes. you know, you want to keep your business going, you shouldn't be paying yourself an outrageous pay when you know. You have perks as the owner of a company. You know, you do have private jets. You do have lim- you, you do have those things you still won't get rid of. So why pay yourself when you probably already own your home? You know, you already have money in the bank. You can afford to not be paid for a little bit and survive. You know what I'm saying? You could use that money, put it back into the, co- in the company, which will help boost the revenue. You know, at least. You know, the other interesting thing. The other interesting tidbit that Vince said during the whole call was that with these releases, it's supposed to save about $4 million. Right. $4 million yeah. out of how much? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one thing I could say is I feel for these wrestlers because, uh, you know, it, it's funny. The thing that I do in the industry when people say to me, well, you have a few jobs, right? And I'm like, yeah. 
And I'll be like, well, besides the club, you know, on the podcast, what do you do? I go, I have a band management company. But bands not playing, 15% of nothing is nothing. So it affects – so my booking job, my in-house booker for Lucky 13, Blackthorn 51 is is frozen. All my bands that are on the road, I have five bands that I manage. A lot of them play, you know, almost 200 gigs a year, and I get a percentage from that when they play, when they get guarantees. All shows canceled. They get nothing. Nothing from nothing is nothing. So both of my main jobs are gone. The only remaining active job I have that I can get any revenue from is podcasting. And this was my third in the distance job that I did for fun and for the fuck of it. And now it's my life's blood at the moment. So who would have thought? Who would have knew? And that's why everyone's like, oh, you know, do more podcasting and stuff. And I'm already in an overcrowded field as it is. I have a name, thank God, and I could probably do some stuff. But who would have known if you told me a year ago, Kev, you're going to rely on the podcast for your life? So I would have said, you I would laughed well, at you and laughed your ass. Oh, no, well, I would have said, give me a gun now. <laughs> yeah. I would have said, give, give, let me borrow your revolver. Um, but yeah, I mean, no joke. I mean, I would have been like, no, 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 no. I do this for fun. This is side money. This is Con Edison and Verizon money. This isn't rent money and living Kev living money. Um, but again, and then so many people uh, who are in my industry who are a bartender. They also bartended at other places for, and then they were waitresses in other restaurants. They had multiple jobs in the same industry, so there's nowhere for us to go. And the same thing I understand for wrestlers, where you know Leo Rush, well, you know I can always go on the independent. Oh no, I can't. I can't go on the independent circuit. There is no independent circuit. You can't go anywhere anywhere besides this house. That's that's where I'm stuck. And some, even if I qualified for a stimulus check, it's not even half of what my nut is for the month, even living by myself with no kids and in my apartment, my rent, my fucking uh, overhead for the month. I mean, $1,200, it's not going to do anything for me. I mean, again, uh, there's just so much that goes into this, and it's so overwhelming. I'm surprised more hospitals are not inundated by people with panic attacks and thinking they're having heart attacks and strokes from just being so stressed out from the current to what the future outlook is. And I'm, I'm talking to more people. I'm talking to more people off a ledge on a daily. I have three people after I get off this show that I have to call to make them feel better about this situation. And I got the hammer down on me today. And again, this is where we're at now. We're becoming a buddy system for who has it worse and make me feel better than you feel. Yeah. That's what this, that's what my life is right now. So I'm, uh, that's coming on pod. This is like my, my, uh, salvation and my my solace is coming on shows so when julian asked me i couldn't say yes quick enough because the escapism for me is crucial at this point you know so i feel feel it's a topic that we can't even just like be fun about because it still revolves around what's happened to all of us exactly yeah problem it is a problem i mean tell you like when leading up to this when we had no idea what was happening i i was being told every day something different you know and then i had workers that have 25 30 years yelling at me like I'm like, dude, I don't know how to help yeah. you. Like, I I want to help you. I don't know how to make you feel better. I came home stressed. I came home sick to my stomach because I'm like, I don't want anyone to lose a job. Yeah, you know, I know these people. We have to work together. You know, we all. It just the idea is, if, if the people at the bottom are scared, the people at the top fear they're losing their money. Everyone's in a panic mode. And they want to only protect themselves. And you see what's happened. You know, and then you have idiots that have to freaking gather have to gather around mm-hmm. have to gather around and show up in, in Brooklyn for a wedding with 500 people what are you fucking stupid yeah. you need this worse on us we could have probably nipped this in this bud so much sooner 
not that we can go back to regular life yet. We're going to have months that we try to figure out what's going on. Yeah. But at least let's not make it stupid. And, and they did, and they refused to. You have people yeah. protesting in, o- in Ohio because they want the businesses back open. Bitch, it doesn't work like that. This yeah. is not a person refusing to open up a store. This is a virus you can't see, you can't touch, you can't smell, you can't tell. And it will hit you. And for the ones that didn't get hit, good for you because you're lucky. Because there's a lot of people I know right now. I have a lot of friends that one of my friends, he lost six relatives. They all died within a Jesus week. Jesus Christ. Fucking oh six. And he's like on Facebook, I just lost my aunt. I just lost my uncle. I lost my grandfather. I'm like, holy shit. This is the same. I had to look at his timeline on Facebook to realize it was because I couldn't believe this was one person. You know, he lost everybody and he couldn't even say goodbye. So like fuck you, you idiots! You want to go to you want to go hang out at a at a park? What the fuck are you doing? Like shut the fuck up! Let's get this done so we can go back to the bars and we can go back to having fun. But we can't do that until we stop now, you know. And it sucks. It sucks because it's really hard right now. And you see the wrestlers. You saw it on those guys' faces getting sucker punched in the stomach, being told like, "Hey, you're gone," and like. How are they going to survive? Like you said, Leo Rush, what's his other job? <laughs> what's yeah. Drake Maverick's other job? Their job, every wrestler, even from the old school wrestlers to now, it's been wrestling. Yeah, the like, old school wrestlers, I'd open up a car, buy, auto body shop, I'd open up this. Well, not essential. Like, so even if they had those, they don't have it now. So it's like so screwed up. And I feel bad for these wrestlers, but I hope we can turn this around. And I hope that I, I feel that most of these wrestlers, if they could survive and they all go too messed up in the head or or anything bad happens to them, that they will be coming back. I don't see a lot of these talents being ever being told to go away and never come back. You know what I'm saying? Like someone like Rusev. You know, very useful. You know, these guys there on that list, like you said, Fit Finley, all these guys, like they, they, they're not people you don't want to. But what? But will there be job openings for them? AEW right now. I think they even had a report the other day that Tony Khan told everybody to stay home. That he was by himself with just Cody Rhodes in the back at, at some of these uh, yeah. get-togethers that they were having. That they're not. They're sending everybody home. So well, again, they, they, they're probably at more of a loss. They probably need to network with WWE now and ask them how are you guys dealing with this. Uh, you know, they probably are talking about a company that's trying to figure it out. This is where Cody Rhodes is not Dusty, is not his dad. This is going to be interesting of who's going to guide them in the right direction. Right. Well, here's a but we got to I I think. Hold on, Rob. I think that all the major companies need to band together and try to figure out what to do. Just like this damn president is with all the sports people. They right. all need to band together, discuss how they're going to get out of this. And I'm not, not just talking about WWE, AW, but Impact, Ring of Honor, uh, some of the ones in the UK, like Progress, and so on and so on. Especially Impact, since the word going around for like the last two months or so is that they're paying all their talent while they're staying home. But how long is that going to go for? But that's understanding that with a company like a guy like Tony Khan, you know, he, they also own the Jacksonville Jaguars. They own soccer leagues. That none of these people are playing. No one's playing sports. But they also own other venues and other ventures. They're not just Khan family. Isn't just like how Vince was just wrestling. You know, he came from wrestling and made an empire. 
Right. The Khan family had their hands in lots of different venues, adventures. Not not venues, sorry. Well, Ventures. their football, yeah, their football team's not playing now, and their right. their soccer teams. Their soccer team not playing right? over there. It's not playing over in the, in the, in England. Right. So again, they, I don't know what revenue he's got coming in now. But again, even billionaires have a a cap and a limit yeah. to how much they're willing to lose. Right, and the idea is that you still got those sports players, you still got wrestlers, and but they also have other things that they have their hands in. They did not just. I remember there was I saw a big report when we first when AEW was first coming around about the Khan family about what they had in terms of money, but what their businesses are. It's not just all sporting stuff. They they own a couple of sporting teams, but they own a lot of other stuff. Like Mark Cuban, like you know, yeah, he owns a couple of sports teams, but he also owns. He's a Shark Tank dude, you know. What I'm saying he's <laughs> they got yeah. their hands in everything. The Khan family does too, so they do have money, you know. But I, I feel at the same time. You know they 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 they're not letting their wrestlers wrestle, which I think is a great thing. Impacts that's a great thing. Hey, listen, guys, don't go out, stay home, stay healthy, I, and I respect that. Not forcing wrestlers to to put on a show. And the AEW has been put on some shows. They they taped and now they stopped taping now officially. They're not taping anything new, no, at all, because they don't want to do that, which is smart. You know, they kept a lot of the wrestlers away. A lot of the wrestlers are close friends, and actually a lot of the wrestlers live close together. I like where the, the Bucks are. I think most of – a lot of the wrestlers that work for them are in the same area or within the same driving distance like Florida. Driving or distance. <clears throat> yeah, within that – you know, they're not that far away from each other. So, you know, you'll see like the BTE stuff and you see like that stuff they're doing there. But I think the idea is that, you know, for right now, you can't guarantee – because look what – we talked about this a week or so. The Miz showed up fucking sick. Like yes, he, he could he could have fucked so many people over, and then you heard rumors that what was it? Carmella might have had it, and that's why her and um, Corey uh, Corey Graves were. I don't were think, I don't think that's true, though. That's no, not she, it's not true. No, they showed her out riding a bike the other day, and she was roller uh, skating in front of her house. Yeah. All right. Well, I ho- I'm glad because you know you don't want no one here, no one getting sick. Trust me. I, I I didn't have it as bad as most people, but yeah, let me tell you, I, I basically slept for days, and that's not how you want to live your life. You know, you don't want to live your life sleeping for days because you can't do anything else. That sucks. Of course. So yeah. uh, it, it, you, I know it sounds stupid. Hey, you get to be home. Yeah, but I was isolated in a little room away from my family for two fucking weeks. And it was the most miserable experience in your life. Like, you know, and that hurts. So imagine someone who – but I can't talk shit because, you know, look at the motherfuckers on ventilators. Like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that being me- said – Let's get away out of this and get something happier. On, one, more, one more, one more, one more tidbit. AEW's Double or Nothing that was supposed to take place at the MGM Resorts, while yeah. MGM Grand and MGM Company came out with a statement yesterday saying they're not having any type of events at all this year, and AEW's Double or Nothing is one of them. So what they're going to do is that they are going to air it live in an undisclosed location that Saturday, and next year's Double or Nothing will take place in that May. Right. Wow. If, if everything goes back to normal, they said if you want to get a refund for your tickets, you'll get your refund. Or if you want to hold on to your tickets that next year, they would honor those tickets for next year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty cool either way. I mean, at least there's an option. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting because, first off, San Diego Comic-Con is not going to happen. I was I was uh, just about to bring that up with, yeah. with this conversation because San Diego Comic-Con is still up in the air. And I got when is that? media When, it, when, it, when, it, when Ju- is that supposed to be? Middle of July. Uh, so end of July. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I, I, I wouldn't say it's canceled. Yeah, that's that's uh, a tough call. They have. They're making. A, they're going to make an announcement uh, within this week. And I'm going to move gonna, into the fall. Move into the fall. 
I don't think they could. I mean, honestly, it's one of those things because it's always they talk about losing money. San Diego. You know, I was about to bring that up. On Do you know how SDC. much money that event brings in for the entire more than city? any? No disrespect. As much as WWE's WrestleMania does good for the town it's in. Nothing does. That money, San that Diego. money is changed is changed compared to San Diego. I no. hear often, often when I go there, they bring in about two hundred or two hundred fifty million over there. Yeah, it, the, the whole alone. city, the, the San Diego, the whole town becomes the convention, like legitimately. Yes. And so that is money, money, and they they wait for it every year. It takes over the whole city. Like they, from the, when you land in the airport, it. there's signs saying "Welcome to San Diego Comic Con" at the airport. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like the city depends on it. So yeah, they could say we'll push it because they would not want to lose that revenue, right? Like you say, hey, we'll push it to the fall. Okay, that's great. Maybe that will work. But can there's if it's not in July, will they pull the numbers in the fall? Now they're competing against New York Comic Con, which pulls in not as much as San Diego, but close enough. So think about that. So there's a loss, right? There's going to be that, a- Rob. Because <laughs> another thing I wanted to bring up about San Diego Comic Con is they sell their hotels that's associated with uh, San Diego Comic Con. And think of it, the situation like WrestleCon times ten, um, Kevin Castle. Think yeah, of at least that. at least by. Yeah, and WrestleCon almost got bankrupt for what happened. <laughs> WrestleCon yeah. almost got bankrupt for the whole WrestleMania weekend. So, um, and my friend's convention, like you know, he has to keep saying the show is on because if the city doesn't stop it, he can't afford to stop it. Because unless they shut him down, then he's lost like yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he doesn't have that like that. You know, so that will bankrupt them. So, like you know. He does his convention every year, and he does it in L.A. You know, we go every August, and it's like a basically a three-day little thing. It pulls in its money. He gets back his money, but it's not a fortune. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, it's, it, that's a hurtful thing to say. And he's also a colorist that works for Marvel Comics. Well, that's not happening right now either. None of the artists are working because they pushed all the comic books. Yes. So all my comic book friends who are comic book artists who are diehard yes. comic book artists, that's what their jobs are. I've known for 25, 30 years. They're not making any money because all books are postponed. Yeah, so it's a mess. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, Julian. You're just a fucking wealth of fun today. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to also bring up um, The Walking Dead was supposed to film their 11th season starting next month. That got delayed as well. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just. Yes. Again, again I, it's funny. You never really know how you're going to react until something happens. Just like they always say, you, you don't really know how some, something is going to hurt until it happens to you. Uh, you know, it's like telling people, oh, a tattoo, how it's going to hurt. It affects everybody differently. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that, uh, and I said this last week, that when we ever sat around the table and talked about all the bad scenarios that can happen in our industry, uh, you know, I was around when 9-11 happened. We were closed for two weeks mm-hmm. after. One week yeah. out of necessity, one week out of respect for the situation. Hurricane Sandy, one week out of necessity, one week out of respect for the situation. So, but we had a, we knew when we were going back, we had a game plan. We had a date. We worked on that while we were off, quote unquote, finger quotes, home for the couple of weeks. We, uh, you know, did what we had to do to plan the future. 
Right now, no one can plan anything. I, I, I never felt like so frozen. I never felt like I lived Groundhog Day over and over again. Mm -hmm. Every day I wake up, I have almost missed scheduled phone call appointments because I forgot what day it was that I literally can't tell one day from the next in my apartment. I mean, I've gotten to the point of it is the Bill Murray Groundhog Day movie, but there's nothing funny about it. But it's it's almost disturbing. I feel like this is very equivalent to house arrest. I mean, it really is. And now you can't go out without a mask on uh, into public here in New York. And I'm just shaking mm -hmm. my head saying, what the fuck has happened to this society? And again, no one will commit to any date, any time, any month, any week, any possibility. There's just like, we got to get back. we got to get back. That's all you hear. We could be talking about I have this feeling it's going to be like really hot out one day. We're like, what do you think? Fall? 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 You know what? Hang in there. I mean, again, I'm just – I'm more frazzled than I'm coming off like at the moment, but I just don't even know how to react anymore to all this stuff. I don't watch the news anymore. I can't. I mean, I, I just basically get a little update here and there. Someone will call me and say, oh, did you see Trump? Did you see the Blasio thing? I'm like, nah. I don't even watch it. It's the same old shit over and over again. There's nothing – It's it better be an epic announcement. Or other than that, it's it's Groundhog Day again, and tomorrow will be the same Groundhog Day. I think it's different when you have – you know, Rob, you have a family and everything. When you're on your own and, and – yeah. Like singular, yeah. it's 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 very similar to being in Rikers in a cell. I mean, I don't it, see it any different. My my friend Bill, who who used to be on this podcast with us years ago, Bill had lost his job working at Pfizer, worked there for seventeen years or whatever. Yeah. So he took a year off. He gave up. I said, "Fuck it, they're paying me for a year. They gave me a severance pack because I ain't doing shit." So we go on vacation. He'd stay longer. He'll go on a trip, you know. But then he'd spend days where he just wouldn't go out. That he didn't. Like, I call him one day. Say, hey, why are you calling me? Aren't you supposed to be working? I'm like, dude, it's Saturday. And he's like, oh, shit, I better get a job. Because he had just isolated himself because, you know, he had no reason to get up, no reason to go out, no reason to do stuff. That He put himself into a rut, right? So he gets a job. He works for another chemical company, um, pharmaceutical company. And now they sent him home. That He's working from home, though. You know, so he wakes up. At least he has work. You know, he, he's working. But he hasn't been outside in four weeks. He went out one day in four weeks to get couple beers to do a virtual happy hour other than that he was he's been home again he's like jesus christ because i just got off of a year of doing this he goes like no i'm back and he's alone he doesn't have a wife he doesn't have kids so he's alone and then you lose all track of reality time space <laughs> it's it's no joke you know it's a real mind fuck and you don't want a mind fuck you want to feel like you're a part of something and that's what's really good about having the podcast that even though we can't always see each other at least we can do this and have a conversation yeah. you know yeah. that saves lives you know for the people listening to us right now it uh, hopefully we're helping you i mean it's not a great subject i do apologize but at least we're talking we're communicating we're laughing at least a little bit where i am i'm deranged but like you know <laughs> in the end of it like at the end like you know it's like uh, as long as we're alive we can survive anything you know I always think back to when my grandmother would do stuff, and then I realize, oh, right, she grew up during the Depression. And I know that's a cliche thing to say, but she did. You know, she was she died 97 years old, my grandmother, you know, and like, you know, she, she would do stuff. I'm like, Dad, why are you doing it? And then people are like, oh, but she grew up during the Depression. I'm like, but what's that going to do with now? Because you're a stupid kid saying it, you know? This is ours. This This is weird. This is ours. In a weird way, and thank God it's not as long as the depression was. That was like almost seven, eight years like that. But we're not that bad as you know as we could be. Imagine this happening to us 
with no way of communication, no Skype, no internet, no cell phones, no technology. Oh, over have 30 years ago. Night- We'd have to just trust whatever nightly news channel you watch because you'd have no other sources of information because you wouldn't know. You like you just brought up 9-11, right? Yeah. I remember that, right? I remember going to work yeah. two days afterwards and I get out of the train station, nobody on the streets, right? It's Thursday. I get out of the train and I, I work on 6th Avenue and I'm walking to my job because I used to work nights then and then I saw five trucks come driving past us with the debris on the back going past Central Park and your brain just stops and going, holy crap, what's going on, you know? And that was two days later. I had to go back to work because I was told to. I didn't have the – I couldn't stay home. I had to go back to work. You know, no choice. But the idea is that like I think about that and that was a couple of days. Uh, Sandy, like you said, uh, I was working at the job throughout Sandy. I was stuck in my job. And I was in your your building at that time also. Yeah, working in my building at that time. And, and, and after that, like going back and having travel, walking over the bridge every night because I couldn't get from Manhattan to Brooklyn. Because yeah. and plus it was a blackout in lower Manhattan too. Yeah, I remember walking through the East Village one night because we tried the boat, couldn't get the boat. So we walked to the Williamsburg Bridge and watching as the sun sets and like to see New York in utter darkness. Your brain's like, what is going on? How do we survive this? And now here we are now with what's happening now so you know you put things in perspective and like strive and hope that you know when wrestling gets back to normal i can't watch these empty arena wrestling shows i tried and i appreciate wrestlers who put on a decent show keep trying to tell a story i respect it but it's just that you can't i can't i can't watch it because it's it's just not enjoyable because you do realize how much you need the reaction of the fans. You know, any band can sit at home and perform for you via Skype or Instagram, but it's not the same when you go to a show exactly. and having the fans sing the songs with you and you're with your friends, you know, and you that's what entertainment's about. Entertainment's not just for you, entertainment's for all of us. You know, crowd participation. You know, how many people on Facebook have been sharing that when Captain America took Thor's hammer and that just screams and reaction from the crowd? Like, people are sharing that as a memory because of movie theaters. Like, you know, you don't realize how much that matters until you don't have it. Sure, you're right. Let's get on to the dark side of the ring, the Jimmy Superfly. More happy lady. Great. You know what? Julian knows how to end the show on a happy note. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, man. Hey, Kev, have you, have you seen the episode yet? I've seen all of them. Yeah, I've seen everyone. I just uh, saw this morning. No, I mean, I the this... most recent one. Snooker? Yeah, no, I've seen them all. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Good. So, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that. I, I, I was talking to Julian before you came on. And I want to say that I felt like this one was the least informative because I felt like we knew a lot about this subject the most. Uh, I didn't know that uh, it was said on the papers that it was a homicide, that it should be investigated as a homicide. I didn't right, know the, that actually. It disclosed the, uh, uh, the autopsy report. Yes. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know a lot about that, and I also didn't know that she was twenty three. I thought she was older than that. I had no idea she was such a young kid. And Snooker was twenty years her senior. I didn't know that Snooker was almost forty when he was in the WWE at that time. Uh, so, yeah, again, there was a lot. Of, yeah, I didn't Snuka know that. Especially, was like older. Like 
Yeah, yeah, he was a lot. He was in his mid thirties yeah. when he was on top in the WWE in the early eighties. He was thirty five, I think, in nineteen eighty. Uh, I didn't know he was that old, and also I didn't know that he was basically a street urchin, and basically a homeless <laughs> kid. That that a majority of that that, that even Peter Maivia didn't know a lot about him until he was in his early twenties and found him and put him in wrestling. I mean, they, the what's his name, Sammy Fatu didn't tell the whole yeah, story. But Peter Maivia was the one who really helped Jimmy Snuka. But there's a lot of mystery about Jimmy Snuka's life growing up, being a teenager, being in his early 20s. Maivia met him in his 20s. So, again, and he was supposedly homeless uh, when they met him. Um, so they don't know a lot about this man. Uh, you know, his history is very sketchy. And he has zero education. I think they said he has a third-grade education. Mm -hmm. uh, can't read and write. And when he was in, Buddy Rogers literally did everything for him in a shoot way as a manager. And then Buddy couldn't do it anymore. And they hired yeah. this 22-year-old, uh, Nancy, who was, who was, you know, was his girlfriend, wasn't his girlfriend, was some girl that he hung around with. But Jimmy was fully married, not separated yeah. from his wife. Four you know, I, I didn't know, any, know, of, I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't See, know that, any of this stuff. That was the only thing that I really didn't know about besides the thing with the autopsy report because I'm assuming if it was in the autopsy obviously when you see they, they were able to go back to trial with it they actually had some kind of evidence that they overlooked you can't just go to trial without something that you overlook that they can bring back right so obviously that had to be in there but to me the only thing I really didn't realize I don't for some reason obviously most of these old school wrestlers all married had kids and they always had girls on the side but I never realized that because she was such a public figure and photographed with him for so much that you just assume that he wasn't married at the time, or he was divorced, right. or separate. Because it just seems like, yo, wow, really? That's you get away with that? Like, <laughs> like wrestling is a world of its own. Like, it, it, it's like it's it's its own law. Like any other place else, when you hear the stories about wrestling, it you would say if this was anywhere else, that would not fly. You know, forget about the whole deal with New Jack. But let's just talk about Snooker. Like, you know. The fact that when she died, Vince kept calling the family. You need more twenty five thousand dollars. Like oh my God, like you just you here's twenty five thousand bucks for a woman who was twenty something years old when she died, potentially killed by your wrestler. Yeah, and like that. Where's the moral understanding as a as a human like with Vince? Like you know he like this girl. Yeah, I mean, she was stupid enough guys, to stay with him, you know, obviously, but... Did you guys also check out the cop they interviewed? He was acting mad suspect as fuck. Yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Because he's the one that did all the thing and say, oh, it's, it's good. It's like, he, he definitely <laughs> didn't do his job when that shit happened. Like, it's 20, 30 years later, he's like, oh, I guess, yeah, oh, I guess they, that was in the paperwork. Oh, oh. He was like so <laughs> nonchalant about it. It's like... You know what? I'm glad you're not the cop that's in my town. I'm just saying. I'm just glad you're not you're investigating anything I need done. Thanks. Really appreciate it. But the problem is that, you know, the whole situation, how they said things happen. You know, what's so funny? As a kid growing up with wrestling, I love Snooker. You know, him jumping and doing the, the, the you know, the, the fingers and doing the thing and doing the elbow. And I remember when he did the cage drop. I was a little kid. Morocco. Morocco. I was so cool to see Don Morocco. Holy yeah, crap. I see, I have a, he's been out of the spotlight for years. I honestly thought he was dead. Uh, Mor Mor yeah, Morocco. I mean, Morocco is older now. He's heavy. He walks with a cane now. But Morocco was was really great. They don't talk about him in WWE too much no, anymore. No they one, probably they should. 
they probably won't anymore after he did this, because I'm sure Vince yeah. was flattered in the way he was portrayed. But I can tell you guys, since I'm you know a good amount of years older than you guys, um, in 1980, when, when me and my brother John started going to wrestling, I was 11, John was 9. And uh, my dad took us for the first two years until I was 15. I wasn't allowed to go to the city by myself. So 80, 81, 82, 83, we had to go with my father. And we went for birthdays or Christmas. And uh, when, I remember when Jimmy Snooker came in, even as a heel, he was pretty popular. We saw one of his first matches uh, when he was managed by Lou Albano. We saw when he mm-hmm. turned on, saw when he turned on Lou. We saw when he became a babyface, and he was more popular than the other two when Rocky Johnson, Pedro Morales, and Bob Backlund put together. Uh, Snooko didn't even have to have a title, and he was mad popular. People uh, loved seeing him. They loved him. The Superfly and the I Love You symbol he would do to everybody. Yeah. But but I didn't, yeah. know that, I didn't know that the guy was a walking moron. I had no idea. I mean, I hate to say that, but I had no idea that he was su- such a illiterate. Uh, you know, an, 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 yeah, an illiterate guy. I mean, it's almost sad in a way that – he never got any smarter being married to people and being family oriented, having children that he never learned to read and write properly is very you know, sad. There's things that you know we probably don't know, especially the stuff about the CTE stuff that we know about now. Some of these older wrestlers probably all had it. And you could probably see a guy like him doing what he was trying to do, even up until the late nineties and was two thousand trying to wrestle still. He was older and 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 he was slower. His his mind, you can see, was definitely not there. Like, I remember from years ago, like, you know, and you're like, it's true that, like, you know, why couldn't, you know, you think with these, in the, wrestling such a small, small knit community of people, they didn't try to protect each other more. But yeah. it was all about, they didn't really protect each other. They had cliques of guys that were good for each other. Yeah, oh, well, this promoter likes you because you did him right. Oh, but you did him dirty, so now you're not you're blacklisted from the. And it's so weird how like these guys over little towns would be fighting yeah. over each other that they would hold grudges 20, 30, 40 years later. Yeah. And that, that that's the thing that bothers me. And but for Snooker, like you know, you know, I couldn't believe hearing the fans like saying you killed her. And I'm saying like I, I never heard about it as a kid. Obviously, why would you hear about it if you're a little oh, kid? Uh, let me let me also wrestling. bring this up real quick too, because I remember watching one of the earlier ECW shows a few yes. months ago. Yes. Yeah, Jimmy Snooker just happened to be on there having a match, and the fans, some of the fans, kept chanting, "You killed your girlfriend." Oh God! And like that was in the '90s, you know what I'm saying? Like this is 1992, I, and you're, you're, I'm here, like going, like, how did they know about this stuff? How did they know about these things? Like, how did these fans know this shit? Meanwhile, here I am as a kid. I, the only time I ever knew about anything was like with um. When Hacksaw and, and Sheik got arrested, I was at MSG that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were the main event. <laughs> so oh, God, tell, this, tell the story again, please. All right, so they didn't show up. Like I told my dad, like I said, I remember I think one of the last matches was like, you know, I want to say George Animal Steel. He barked at the microphone and everything. It was fun. And we had a great time. And I said, but dad, I had the card in my hand, you know, and I'm like, dad, but where's, where's, where's uh, Hacksaw? And dad says, you see the bomb? It says, car accepted to change. Maybe they couldn't make it. You know, maybe something happened. I'm like, all right. Came home with the paper the next day. He goes, here's, your, here's what happened to X. <laughs> he shows me as a kid. I had no idea what cocaine was. I didn't know what that meant as a kid. And um, I learned about it shortly after because the D.R. program happened. So I learned a lot about drugs, right? So I opened it up. I'm like, wait, they were together? And my dad's like, yeah, they got arrested together in the car. I'm like, but they're supposed to fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm like a five, six, seven, eight year old Vince McMahon going, Oh, that's it. You're in a car together, you idiots. Like that, he has a kid going, 
Why were they in the car together? He's like, we drove together. Well, you want to hear how I really saw the uh, seriousness of the snooker thing? I could tell you it was I was dating somebody uh, who's actually, I'm not going to say any names, but it's ironic because she's a pretty notable social media personality now, but she's still with friends to this day. And it was early on in knowing each other about 20 years ago, and I went over her house and we're talking, and um, Mr. Perfect had just died then, okay? Uh, so it was a little less than 20 years ago. And Mr. Perfect had passed away, and she was upset because she was a big fan of his. And I remember we were just talking about old-school wrestlers that we liked. And this is exactly what happened. I'll never forget. And I realized that, shit, this is legitimately out there. And, uh, you know, this, you know, and, I'm, and at the time, I'm not a podcaster yet. I'm not, I was doing the hotline with Anthony at that time. Um, I think in 2000, was it 2003? When did Miss Perfect die? 2003, Julian? Can you look it up? 2003. For a second? There you go. 2003. January 2003. Thank you. Jess, it was cold as shit. It was snowing out when I walked her house. I remember, right, January 2003. So I go over there and she's like literally crying. So we're talking about old school wrestlers that we liked. I brought up Jimmy Snuka and she looked at me and said, How can you fucking support a murderer? And I'm like, serious as day. I'm like, What? She goes, How could you support a fucking murderer? He killed my mother's friend. I was like, what? My mother's friend, Nancy, killed her. And she's like, Ma, come and she calls her mom. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what is going on here? And I, and I, and I, and I, and I like, yeah, no, no. And I'm like, and calls her mom. She goes, Ma, uh, Kevin is a big fan of Jimmy Snooker. She goes, that piece of shit. He killed my, did you know my daughter tell you that was one of my best friends when I was growing up? I said, I had no idea. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I, again, she goes, you're a wrestling guy. And she goes, the mother says to me, you're a wrestling, you're a big wrestling fan, right? You don't know that? I'm like, I heard the story, but I didn't really know. I heard it was an it wasn't an accident. He killed her. I was like, oh, okay, you know. And I'm just like, I talk about like taking the air out of the night. You know what I'm saying? That's so you, yeah, that's you like. I guess I'm leaving. Yeah, no, 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 no. And then there was no problem with us. But I went home and remember then you had America Online. This is like you know before. This is like MySpace is just happening at that point. So I remember yeah. going to research and I remember going to my computer. And this is, like I said, early in the days. I don't even think I was on the hotline officially yet. I was calling Anthony's hotline. And I remember typing in Jimmy Snooker murder. And I'm seeing all this stuff. And I go, how could I have been blind? Like, I know so much about wrestling. I'm in New York. How do I not? How did this not get to me? You know, so I remember that just like rattled me when like someone who knew the. So this person, this woman became real because her mom went to school with her. And this, all of a sudden, this was a real person. This wasn't wrestling nonsense. This was someone looking me in the face. Goes, my best friend he killed, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm like, th- that's when like the reality of the situation hit. Like, wow, this is like somebody's daughter. That somebody went to high school, showed me pictures of this woman. And so when I saw it last night, I said, wow, I was thinking of my my ex's uh, mom. You know, kind of uh, schooling me on what happened. And uh, again, it made it so much more real that I couldn't believe that he was never brought to justice. You know, so, but that's that was, that was, yeah, that's what really, yeah, it's the very powerful. And again, it was just a happenstance that I'd happened to be there. And again, she was from, this girl was from Brooklyn. Of course, she probably knew people. She had a big family. This was a real person that this, how, but how was I in such a small world that as knowledgeable as I was so knowledgeable that I would get on a hotline and go on to become a, a notable podcaster that I had no knowledge of this. I was just a, a, a dummy to this. You know what I'm saying? It's it's amazing, but to hear the people let that me, didn't know that besides people were close t- to it. Yeah. Let me tell you how I knew. So mm-hmm. back in night, and I remember the year that I knew about this. Back in 1997, I just happened to watch the 1992 Royal Rumble on cassette, 
And once uh, Jimmy Snooker came on, because I was watching with uh, my brother and my mom, my mom said, this is the guy that killed his girlfriend, right? Because <laughs> she like saw cuts. Oh, wow. Then, then, wow. I, then I asked, wait, then I asked my mom, wait, he did? Then she told me, yeah, that was it was on the news about over 10 years ago. But you know, but I saw the story, and I became that wrestling fan who took the word of the the street, the word of the wrestling fan. Oh, it was an accident. Jimmy found the like diamond. Oh yeah, of course he's Jimmy. He's a a, a, this amazing performer. I was in that wrestling nonsensical bubble that guys could do no wrong. The way to this day that people who love the fucking Buffalo Bills think OJ Simpson just got framed. You know what I'm saying? So again, you're getting that bubble. <laughs> I, I, but I also promised myself that day, and I'm not joking, and I've been different ever since. I have to honestly say that since I would never be such a fanboy of anybody that I could not admit when somebody was either being a piece of shit human being, a piece of shit person. Now you don't have to be a murderer, but even if someone's doing wrong, call it like it is. Don't be you know so such a fanboy that you can't be uh you know you can't make an assessment of a situation like a normal human being instead of being um, like you mean like unbi- mm-hmm. unbiased opinions right unbiased yeah i mean again and that's what i again uh, to me i think i've run myself as a podcast that way to a degree uh because that day i got looked someone in the eye who was so offended that i thought this guy was a hero and again i'm i'm 30 years old at that time I'm not a kid uh and uh again I, I got a reality check that oh this is someone not in my wrestling bubble who thinks this is a, a regular person who should be convicted he's not a superstar in her eyes he's a scumbag who killed her friend gotcha gotcha you know what i mean i i get it now i'm out of, I, I had to i had to take the wrestling bubble off my head for a second there you know and and come out into uh, the real world just like with the chris, chris benoit same thing you know, whole, yes. what do you think, think? You know, as this dies down, will Chris be in the Hall of Fame? Dies down. What are you talking <laughs> about? Never dying down. <laughs> dies dies down. Isn't that stand at a barbecue grill? This is it. <laughs> By the way, Rob, I like how you just, I liked how you just used barbecue grill as we were saying dying down because that's exactly where where it first happened. <laughs> Oh you know, my this, God, I'm so, so terrible. to me about everything, what you see about these wrestlers, like, you know, more that comes out. You know, especially what happened with Bruiser Brody. When you hear stuff like that, you know, you see what, you know, the whole thing, New Jack's life is just fucking wow. And, like, yeah. you sit there listen to these guys, and you realize, like, I've said it a million times, like, you know, wrestlers are not, are human beings, right? They're regular people like everybody else. Yeah. But a lot of them became wrestlers because those guys could not hold a regular job they are it's like when you see people who worked in circuses like they can't assimilate into a regular world they're they have been part of another world that's separate lawless different the it's like the rules of the road you know and then they have this ideology that that makes them not normal and so that's why it's so funny when I see wrestlers now that are very normal, have regular normal lives, aren't doing drugs, aren't doing crazy stuff. They just they live their life. It's kind of good to see because for so many years, those wrestlers, all of them, even your favorite wrestlers, did all kinds of drugs, did all kinds of crazy crap, you know? Yeah. Like sure. they weren't they weren't normal and they shouldn't be idolized, you know? But the both of you got that photo I sent you? Yeah, oh yeah, sorry. This look, that's his. Uh, that was the wife who was on last night. His uh, yeah. third, third wife, I believe. Yeah. Are you sure yes. you want to put that in the book? Yes, I'm gonna tell my side of the story. Oh, my God. Let me. <laughs> let me. Let... Oh my 
let me <laughs> let me tell you the story about that photo. This was at the Legends of the Wrestling Convention in 2014. And I just happened to walk by Jimmy Snooker at that time. So I thought to myself, I'm going to take a photo and probably post this. I did post <laughs> this in 2014, but I totally forgot it was in my camera. So I was like, while I'm watching this episode, I was like, let me see if I still have that photo. I fucking found it. You know, we actually, when I had my wrestling promotion, we tried to get Snooker. Because he was, uh, you could hire him for like uh, 750 bucks to come to your show. So we were putting on our show, getting things together, and I'm like, yo, I can't afford to fucking pay this guy 750 bucks to come to the show. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? He can't even fucking wrestle. Yeah. Like, oh, he says he'd be one- if he's up to it, he'll give you 15 minutes. You give him a squash smash. He'll do whatever. He gets a cut of this. He gets a cut of that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm only paying you $750. Yeah. And I can't guarantee that I'm even going to get 60 to 100 people to at five bucks a pop to come, like you know, like I might have to just open up the doors for free. Oh God, yeah. You know, like, and I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, no way. They're like, oh, you also, also, he likes this type of food. You have to provide for him. You have to get him. There. And I'm thinking, like, whoa, wait, this is snooker. All right, let's, let's take it. I'm good. Another I'm like, thing no. I, I thought. Another thing I found out was that he, not only that you guys mentioned it earlier, but the way she described it also, he would just sign his name on things without even asking. Yeah, yeah. He he was just you know he just went about because he lived his life on a certain plane. These wrestlers do that; their brains don't know how to process stuff regular, and that's the problem. Like I think I said it many times on the podcast. Every wrestler that you love is probably a scumbag in real life, and that's okay because <laughs> they're they're not. They're not your dad. They're not yeah. your uncle. Maybe, okay, they are somebody somewhere. You know, they absolutely are. <laughs> well, but, you know, you know, that's to this day, people defend like she's misunderstood a woman like Sonny, who to me is reprehensible. I mean, Sonny uh, is just, just re- reprehensible. I mean, just from the way she treated Chris, I mean, my God, you know, I mean, and almost then talking about in shoot interviews, yeah, I remember one time I was banging Sean while Chris was outside the door. It was just like, what do you, so what do you want us to take from that? Even as men were saying, God, I would have strangled you and murdered you if you were my girlfriend. Like, you know, you think like men thought that that was cool? Snooker. No, sorry. No, I mean, exactly. But, 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 <laughs> but, but, but you, you, even, you, even now she's, she, She's been she's been arrested like nine times, right? And, and she's has in jail currently. Right? Yeah, she, no, she's out now, and now she's, she's back out. to doing that stuff online again. Like you know, get a sneak peek at me for a couple of bucks. I mean, and again, you're just kind of like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Um, but there'll and be people she was online. Like a girl that people loved her. Yeah, but there, but there'll be people online who will literally like you know threaten your life because you questioned her morality. And it's like, <laughs> dude, 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 That's open serious? your oh yeah, open your eyes, man. Really, you know, I mean. Uh, again, it's not, it's not admirable to be like over 40 and being such a fanboy for a wrestler where you can't say, yeah, this is just not good. You know what I'm saying? This we is hear not- little kids like, you know, I, I bust my daughter's child, so she likes Jojo Siwa or these popular new things or that, 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 that um, old town road crap song, you know, and I, I'll bust her chops, you know, I bust her chops about it and she'll get mad. Like, and I'm like, sweetheart. Not everyone's going to like what you like, and you have to understand that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's cool. But let me ask you right now. You're going to get mad at daddy who feeds you, clothes you, buys you your toys, and you're going to defend a guy you've never met because he did a a two-and-a-half-minute TikTok song? And she looked at me. She's like, 
But I still like the song. I'm like, you can love this song. Absolutely. <laughs> but I want you to use this moment to learn. You know, I'm explaining to you, like, it's okay to disagree, but don't threaten to kick my butt. Like, she wanted to drop kick me, right? Like, no, she's well, like, like <laughs> I hope you get ready for that conversation with her when you got to sit down and tell her that Santa's not real soon. You know, no, like, the only thing that I haven't done yet because it, she's such a good girl. And, like, this past Christmas was, you know, I spent way more than I should have because I felt like, you know, I thought this could be the last year for Santa. My, my mother bought a, 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 it's a Christmas ball with a camera lens on it. So it's a Santa cam. And she would show the camera on the tree. Oh, my God. Yep. And, saying, thank you so, and she thanked the camera. Like, thank you so much for the Santa. I really oh, my God. This is going to hurt. No, it's really sweet, though, because it's like, Imagine when we were able to remember things like that. Like we could now, we're so cynical and old that we we don't have that luxury, you know, because we're we're adults. That's to, the thing about being a kid. That's magical. And I was so happy that she was so. But she's a very appreciative kid. She loved all her gifts. But you know, her list was way too big. And I'm like, you know, baby, this is a lot of money. She's like, well, it doesn't cost Santa anything. I'm like, I hope you figure this out soon on your own because. <laughs> you know, but, but it was really sweet to see her, like you know, thanking. Santa, like, you know, saying yeah, to the camera. Nice. Which, yeah, it was nice. Nice. And to see her eyes just believe. And, like, she wasn't falling asleep this past Christmas. So I had a, it was, like, almost midnight. Like, you go go to sleep because, you know, daddy's going to eat the fucking food inside. The milk is probably warm and she's pissed. I'm like, you got to go to bed. <laughs> then she finally fell asleep. I was able to sneak out all the gifts. So when she woke up, she was just, like, ecstatic. But I know it's going to happen. And, and I think she'll be okay with it because I think she'll learn that it was done out of love. When you lie to someone to keep... Uh, the spirit of imagination alive, you're not as mad as if someone lied to you, like, well, I'm not really your father. Like, we found you in the street. Like, that's fucked up. Like, there's a, oh my God. There's a difference in level of being, like, the Santa thing from, like, you know, lying to about something legit. You know, like, <laughs> you, you had a twin, but we got rid of him. Yeah, we sold him for parts. No, no, like, that's fucked up. Santa should get over it. Like, you know, so there's a difference, you know, finding oh, out that Snooker is a murderer. Doesn't take away the moment where he jumped off the cage when I was a kid, you know, and hearing his music super fly and still getting excited. You know, I'll never forget those moments with Snooker, but I'm not stupid enough to think, no, he's not a murderer. Like, you, there, there, there's, there's a point in your brain when you have to go, yeah, no, you have to let go of that. Like, Sonny is not a good person. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, Benoit did what he did. Maybe. What happened to his brain and Eddie's death made him just snap. But we don't can't you can't glorify a person just because you like their body of work. I can respect yeah. wrestlers who say, "Well, that was my friend," and that's harder. I don't have a friend that's ever murdered anybody. Okay, I hope the God does have no friends who we loved that murdered somebody and snapped because we would have a hard time separating that too. Yeah. You know, the next few episodes of The Dark Side of the Ring, uh, I know I told this to you, Rob, last week, but Kev, do you know what are some of the next few episodes? Yeah, well, the, the next one uh, coming up is Dino Bravo, uh, the Dino Bravo uh, Mafia one. hit. Yeah, that's yeah cool. I mean, that's I've been waiting to see this for the longest time. They got Jimmy Hart on there, who Jimmy managed them back then. Uh, from what I understand, a lot of people on uh, Jacques Rougeau is on here, too, the Mountie. Uh, there's a bunch of his family, his ex-wife and his daughter don't speak English. So be some subtitles rocking on that one. But, um, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, 
how far they can get with this because it's an underground hit and it happened so many years ago. Uh, I knew I knew a lot about Dino Bravo because Dino Bravo was on Wrestling Magazine covers 79, oh, 80. God, yeah. When I get him at the newsstand, he was a much bigger deal in Canada than he ever was in the States. Um, he, he was a great a heel, of, though. But I, he was, I love him. He was a great heel. He's a power lifter and stuff. Yeah. He got a lot more bulkier when he got in the WWE. Um, but again, he didn't make that much of an impact was sometimes some people like what years was he here again? I remember him, but why I, he was, you know what? He was kind of like Ron Bass, another guy who was here, uh, cowboy Ron Bass, who was mm-hmm. here for a few years, but didn't yeah. necessarily make that big impact, you know, other than I felt that he was a little bit more, you know, Bravo, Bravo? he kind of bring in earthquake. With the ultimate word. Uh, yeah, he did, but, but and then earthquake obviously, and then Dino was phased out after that, uh, and Jimmy started mad. Jimmy Hart started managing Earthquake, and Bravo was was kind of released. But Bravo never went anywhere after the WWE that time. He didn't go to the NWA, right. AWA. He pretty much went back to Canada, and no one really offered him anything. That's why he felt he had to get into uh, kind of selling stuff underground or getting into the ma- mafiosa kind of act. Uh, but he was like, I mean, he really got rubbed out. I mean, he got. He, he, they they did a hit on him like you know what was it five bullets in the head ten in the body, I mean they Back they didn't head. yeah yeah they didn't really do a one and done with him they made sure he was dead. My yeah, God, that, that's I mean, done for a reason. Yeah, they, un, they unloaded they they unloaded the gun in him. That's most mafia hits are not unloading the gun no. in you. I mean usually it's one in the head, one in the heart. You they get the hell out of there, but they really unloaded on him. And I, I'm wondering like what, what like what. Really, I mean, for yeah, I mean, you know, bootleg carts of cigarettes. Really, that kind of hit over that. That there was that kind of money in cigarettes in the '90s at that time. Um, you know, I could see in the 1950s over cigarettes, but the the '90s, when smoking was kind of on its way out at that point. Yeah. Um, again, there's more to the story. Then there's Herb Abrams, which I don't know if you guys I can do, 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 do. Hold on, sorry to interrupt you, but I cannot <laughs> fucking wait for that because me and Rob did about a half hour show on him about four years ago. Oh, you did? Okay, so you guys did. Yes. Research. I mean, I went. Oh, yeah. You get you. So you guys were were young kids back then, but I was. Uh, I remember in my early 20s, so just on the cusp of 20 when he came out uh, and stuff. And I remember wanting to go to one of his shows in uh, in New York at the time. And just I remember being mad as that he called it the UWF because I'm like, that's Bill Watts, the UWF. What yeah. the fuck? And I was so pissed <laughs> off like hearing that. I'm like, I'm not supporting this garbage like Sandy Beach and some of the wrestlers. Yeah, there. I'm like, fucking UWF is fucking Mid-South. Like I so right off the bat, I was being this rebellious fan who was like not feeling that like if it was called anything else, I would support that that federation. But nah. And then I started seeing I'm like, ah, they got a lot of retreads from, you know, Tony Atlas was on it and yeah. uh, uh, Johnny v, Johnny V. Yes, I said and I was like, eh, there's nobody here at that point. Eastern Championship Wrestling was coming out the box. Smoky Mountain was coming up at that point in 92. But so I was kind of like, and then I would hear all these wacky things in New York about Herb Abrams in general. And, uh, you know, and it was funny. I think Herb Abrams was, was in a lot of ways, probably had he not been into drugs, he would have been quite a personality in wrestling because he was so eccentric. And yeah. so, but, but they, they called them the, ult- the, the ultimate money marks. Yeah. <laughs> they called them the, the ultimate, the ultimate money mark. I mean, was Herb Abrams when you, when you hear about the history of it. Uh, but the, the cocaine thing and running around naked and the, and the inappropriate behavior that he had in, that, in the office and, um, you know, but even just start wanting to start up and I never, and I want to get, 
understand how he was able to call the UWF, which I never understood because the UWF had only folded four years earlier and sold out yes. to the NWA in, in, in 87. So I'm always, always curious of how he, and I'm wondering like DT, if remember my partner, Don Tony one time, and you probably heard the story you guys on just the shows or just through folklore of the DT Z show that DT actually uh, got the Eastern Championship Wrestling. Yes, uh, I, I, yeah, I've heard him mention okay. that many times over the years. I'm wondering if Bill Watson finally could be an answer to my question. Was Universal Wrestling Federation trademarked, but was UWF not trademarked? And that's how Herb got it. I don't know how he could have got it with a guy like Watson, unless Watts was so old school that he didn't copyright at the time. And I'm dying to See, know what the answer thing that I always heard was that, um, you know, just because you had the name did you really keep up the trademark, the copyright on it? These are wrestling promoters. A lot of those promotion names uh, go up in smoke because they didn't do the paperwork. Right. And, and right. then I, I yes. wouldn't doubt that Bill Watts, you know, he's cowboy Bill Watts. You know, he's not, you're not expecting a cowboy just to get off his horse and uh, <laughs> do the right fucking. You have to follow this paperwork and make sure you get this notarized and do it. Because let me tell you, it was many years when I've had alternative minds that. I didn't have alternative minds because I didn't yeah. pay for that name. You know, it was a long time because, like, damn, trademark costs a bit of money. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. No, it's true. So I so, wonder. That's, you know, it, I want to be. I want that question answered. I want that question answered of who really funded this company because supposedly Herb didn't have a lot, but he supposedly finagled people and investors. Uh, I'm really interested in the story like of, of how, old ladies that he would bang something them. like that. Like, yeah, I don't Mick Foley's going to be on it. And I remember Mick was wrestling there as cactus Jack, but I remember this wrestler called Sandy beach. who used to have a, a surfboard and he looked a lot like the Sandman. Mm -hmm. And he was like one of the guys who was going to be pushed there. And I remember Tony Atlas. I remember Don Morocco, cowboy Bob Orton made some appearances mm -hmm. there. After you left there, Sergeant Slaughter, after you got released from WWF, you automatically <laughs> went to the UWF. It was almost like a given. Yeah. I just did. I'm, I'm Dude, I am more intrigued of who's going to be interviewed there outside of the wrestlers. I wonder if there's any surviving members of his family that's going to be interviewed. I think there will be. I think they said there will be. And not so, you know, to, to, to kind of uh, just move along. After that, the next one will be uh, the Road Warriors, uh, Animal and Hawk. Yes. More the story of Hawk, which I think is going to be very interesting. Sad, they don't really yeah. get to tell the story. And then the final one of the season, which will be at some point in late May, will be uh, a two-parter of, uh, much like a two-parter of Chris Benoit, two-parter of Owen Hart with the first sit-down interview of Martha, her son, Oge, and her daughter, Oge, and the, the, the two kids we have never seen since they were children. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is going to be very interesting. And Oge is supposedly an attorney. So this is going to be very, uh, very interesting uh, interview to see uh, Owen's whole family there sit down for the first time and uh, comment on what they think. Uh, people are saying, but isn't there a gag clause? They paid Martha a lot of money, and can't she? I don't, I don't know if she's not. That does. I think. Listen, I don't really know uh, the ramifications of stuff like that. I, 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 a little bit in the music industry, there's some like orders of certain things. When bands split from certain bands, you can't badmouth another band. But that's. I, I don't really know if. But she hated Vince so much. I seriously thought she would ever sign something like that. Yeah, yeah but I'm not sure what even or what. If the, it's worn off, because remember, it's already it's it's, it's, yeah. it's twenty it's twenty years, um, so maybe this was done for a reason, and maybe that fact that she's in Canada and this is filmed out in there is there some sort of uh, 
thing that, that doesn't hold in the States. I'm just curious. I wonder how this is going to go. And they're not really telling you about what's going to say. It's just a must-see must episode. Yeah. It's all they're really giving you. They're not really – they give you little snippets. But uh, the ones coming up are the ones I'm most interested in. Bravo, Herb Abrams, uh, Road Warriors, and uh, Owen. Dr. So, I mean – and I've, I've enjoyed – and Doc, oh, Doctor D too. I'm sorry, I left out Doctor D. I'm not sure when his is. His is obviously before the last one is definitely Owen Hart uh, at the end of May. But I think Doctor D might be right before that. But the next two are Bravo and Road Wars. Yeah, mm. I'm excited. This has been like this has been a highlight of the wrestling stuff right now. Is having the dark side of the ring. I mean, yeah, there's, no, there's other people. There's other people who've done some really good research and some documentaries. We mentioned Russell Lamia does the Final Bell, which used to be called Behind the Titan and they do some really good in-depth stuff, you know. And it, and they they do a really good job. And I know I want to say it's what culture or uh, cultaholics do a series called War Stories. And you know they do some really good stuff. That, and they it's amazing to see how many topics you can have in wrestling that don't overlap, and that's amazing. Some final thoughts. Uh, what do you think? What do you guys think will be for the next season of Dark Side of the Ring? What topics would you like to see? Um, for me, I'd like to see Mike Awesome's story done. Yeah. I, I really don't understand. A lot of what happened there, he hung himself behind his closet. I mean, uh, on the back of a door, from what I understand. So, I mean, again, a guy who's six six and uh, three hundred and thirty pounds—that's wow. Um, you know, I, again, I don't. I know it had. It was very similar to Kerry Von Erich, where Mike was uh, Mike was distraught from not being able to get back with his wife and not see his kids. That's the same thing that happened to Kerry that pushed him over the edge. Uh, yeah. Notwithstanding that Kerry was going to go to jail and being a one-legged guy in the Texas prison was not going to mm-hmm. be a celebrity. It was not going to work out for Kerry. And no. I think Mike Mike Awesome might have been facing some jail time. So I want a Mike Awesome story was really swept under the rug. I'd like to see that Eddie Gilbert, hot stuff Eddie Gilbert, who was a huge deal in this business, who started uh, Eastern Championship Wrestling, had the book well before Paul Heyman, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Eddie was a booker, a manager, and a, a personality, one of the first to use ring entrance music with Hot Stuff, uh, when Junkyard Dog and Eddie Gilbert were two of the first to use music in the South uh, with the Freebirds. Eddie was a real pioneer and died at 34 years old of a heart attack. So again, Eddie Gilbert, Brian Pillman, uh, they can go up and down the line, but I would say two that really stand out to me, Mike Awesome and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. I have to uh, agree with 100%. I want to know, because I loved Mike Awesome. Yeah, and, uh, he's one of those guys. And then you heard other stories about potentially that he couldn't get booked for jobs, and supposedly right before he committed suicide, WWE was going to supposedly bring him back in, and it was like a big loss because he was such a talent that deserved more yes, than he was. got. And so that would be a great one, actually. I would, I agree a hundred percent. That's the one I would want to see. I don't yeah. have any other ones, honestly. I mean, whatever they make, they make. I, I'm, there's lots of stories that we don't know about. Well. You know, well I, what the other one? I was I'm sorry, Rob. The Louis Spicoli, even though he wasn't oh, a really big deal, yeah. he might be. He might oh, be one. Lord. That'd be a good one. He might be one. Chris Candido might be another yeah. one. Um, you know, the son give Sonny a job. Uh, she can yeah, talk about the whole thing. She could bullshit her way through. Fucking. Um, <laughs> I, I would. I would say. I mean, listen. There's so many stories. Sherry Martel, Luna Vashon. What happened there with Luna? I mean, what happened there? Uh, you know, just sort of thing about someone did a a, a mini documentary on Luna Vashon. And uh, the final days of Luna Fashan. That was WrestleMania did that. That was really interesting. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Sherry would be another one. Obviously, Elizabeth. But I I've, I understand her family yeah, won't I think they, like that. I think they I did think that for the last for the first season. 
No, well, they did it, but the Hewlett family wouldn't participate because it was about mostly Randy Savage. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm trying to think. Uh, there's, there's just a ton. I mean, the Pillman, Kurt Henning, uh, uh, Big Boss Man, Rick Rude. What about Rick Rude? I mean, that was bizarre. Yeah. You know, he came home from playing golf. He collapsed and fell through his coffee table of a heart attack, and he was in top shape. I mean, I don't know what happened there. Big Boss Man, that was another one who was on his way coming back and dropped dead out of nowhere. Um, yeah, a lot uh, of those guys. Oh, uh, Big John Stud, Big John Stud getting Hops, uh, Hopkins disease uh, at 44 years old. I mean, from growth hormones, supposedly. I think that could be a lesson learned because John Stud wanted to be like Andre, and he actually got in his head that he took all these experimental drugs where it altered his face, and he had this Cro-Magnum looking almost like monstrous. He doesn't even look anything like the John Minton that started out in wrestling 20 years no. before. He morphed into a completely different man. And that's a story to tell. His son, Sean Studd, is still a wrestler in Texas. They can have Sean on and talk about his dad. John Studd was a big deal. He was on the Rock and Wrestling cartoon. He was oh, one yeah. of the most most popular, uh, one of those big old LGN figures back in the mm -hmm. day, John Studd. Uh, King Kong Bundy, tell his story. I mean, there's just so much. that the, This dark side of the ring could go on for another 10 years, literally. Yeah. And you know? they, do, some, they do it right. <laughs> Here's some I want to see also, including some of you, the ones you guys said. Mike Awesome, uh, CM Punk leaving WWE, the death of Rick Rude, the Pat Patterson ring boy scandal, Mm, that's uh, a big one. The WCW racism lawsuit. Yeah. Eddie Gilbert, Jeff Hardy in TNA, China. Yes, I have to include yeah. China. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Art Barr and Victor Conuitz's uh, Hernandez. Mm. Yeah, Hercule of, Hercules Hernandez never really gets talked about at all. Yeah. Uh, at all, and I'm thinking, uh, who's another Lance Cade? What happened to him? That's... I mean, what te test? What about Test, who died in his uh, recliner chair watching TV? Uh, yeah, test Jesus. had a heart attack and dropped dead. Uh, he was going out with Stacey Keebler for the during that time, actually. So, I mean, before she started dating George Clooney and then dated somebody else, but Test, Test was another big upcoming star who completely fell by the wayside. Uh, Lance Cade would be another one. There's Trevor Murdoch still kicking around. He could talk. They could talk to Trevor Murdoch about it in the NWA. Um, I mean, even go Dick Murdoch, Buzz Sawyer, another one. My God, there's so many stories about Buzz Sawyer, Gary Hart. There's just a, a uh, ton Dynamite. of these How about guys. Dynamite Kid? Dynamite, Dynamite Kid. I mean, just you can go up and down the line. There's just so many guys that you can. Dark Side of the Ring has to feel the most secure in a COVID situation that I've ever seen. <laughs> they got plenty of stories. These guys could probably got script. This could run like Saturday Night Live. This could be a series for about 40 years. No joke. Un because unfortunately, Dark Side of Wrestling is more prominent than the Light Side right now. Yeah. Think about it. You don't, know, half the, half the roster from WrestleMania is dead. The original <laughs> WrestleMania, 80% of the card is dead. Twenty-five percent of WrestleMania 2000 is dead. Twenty-five percent of WrestleMania 2000 is dead. Do you know that ninety percent of SummerSlam '91 is dead, including the referees and ring announcers? <laughs> oh my God! Yes, Tito Santana is one of the only living people from that Wrestle from that SummerSlam. Wait, oh, wasn't Hogan God. on that SummerSlam also? What was that? Oh, Hogan. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that was uh, the that was the wedding of Macho and Elizabeth, who were both dead. Yeah. Ultimate Warriors dead. Davy <laughs> Smith, they're all dead. How about the play right from hell? Uh, that could be something, but I don't know if that could take an hour. I think, oh, I think it, it drag could. it out if they got all the wrestlers that told the side of the story and shit. 
You could drag it out. Wrestlers like to talk. That's that's a good point. I'm trying to think if there's any other. There's some other notable deaths we're, we're missing here, like some big ones. I'm just, for some reason, I'm blanking on it a little bit. Um, Adrian Adonis. Adrian Adonis, that car accident uh, with the moose crossing the road and uh, Jason the Terrible and all those people who were either injured or killed in that car accident. Um, they used to have a mass wrestler called Jason the Terrible. It was dressed like Jason Friday the 13th. Uh, but Adrian Adonis is another one. Um, I'm trying to think there's, there's, there's just so many others that I'm just, we're not thinking of. And it's so sad because there's so many, there's so many sad stories in wrestling. I was watching a documentary on the great Sasuke from Japan. Oh yeah. Sasuke. That was a, it's such a sad documentary because it the is. guy abused his body throughout the nineties and early two thousands. And, and like to see him, he became a politician briefly, but he always wore his mask. Mm-hmm. And like to see him go on and on, and then after the um, three eleven happened in Japan, they had the earthquake and the tsunami and the fucking reactor. He tried to get back into politics. He loses, but he's always wearing his mask. He continued to wrestle, and he was helping out the people who were hurt out there. He's married to a Mexican woman because he wrestled in Mexico. And he met her in Mexico, and so his kids have Mexican, have Japanese. It was such a great documentary, and it's kind of sad because the dude at that time was like he was forty. So it was like 2011, so he was about 43, 44 at the time. And his body looked like he was like 100. The scars on oh, his body. He, like, and yet here he is wrestling in these almost empty arenas because he, he, he funded, what was that? Um, what promotion was that in Japan? Um, War? No, 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 the other one uh, that everyone uh, bragged about back in the day. FMW? No. No, no. Uh, it doesn't matter. It was one of the promotions that people, that's where a lot of wrestlers were known from, and they got their start, and then when it was a big, it was Trape Tades, but they, 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 they traded the tapes when they started it out, and became, you hear about it, and then, like, it just, one of those things, like, it just weren't making the money, right? And the yeah. start. And, but it was such a great documentary. It's on YouTube for free. It's, like, almost two hours. It's fucking amazing to see this guy, like, as a politician, wearing his wrestling mask. Like, he straight up walks through the street wearing his wrestling mask. Like, that's dedication. And, like, it was such a good story to see. And it ended up really nice because he was wrestling for kids at the school. And he was showing off his scars and explaining stuff. It was a very, very cool documentary. Like, But I would love to see an abbreviated version of this two-hour documentary done like a dark side of the ring because of how he had with the wrestling promotion, how he never takes his mask off, what he would do, you know. So it would be really interesting to see if they could tell stories from other promotions from around the world. You know, I don't want to just hear about you know, I would love to hear about the story uh, told in a, a dark side of the story, uh, how they did the WCW did the North Korea show. Like oh, yeah. no one, yeah, like no one really talks about that. Nope. And I it, I saw Kento Bento on YouTube did a documentary about it and how they got away with the show and how it happened and you know but but. I think, Eric, I think Eric Bischoff went on detail about a year ago on a podcast about it, too. Yeah, but who listens to hey, that, that jerk's podcast? I oh, guys, I got guys, <laughs> well, I, guys, I got, guys, I got, go. I got a great one for oh. uh, Upside of the Ring. <laughs> Bam, 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 Bam Bigelow. Oh, I love it. Oh, that. yeah. That's, what happened What happened there? What happened there? Like, you when know, you think about it, what happened there? You know, all the stuff that he did from WWE and ECW and, yeah. and even WCW, just how he was as a character how amazing and, and for a big guy what he could do it was so amazing and like it's when he died i i liked him way more than i like boss man let's be honest i mean yeah you, you, you like boss man's matches you've you've had matches you like the boss man but bam bam was just such a colorful character 
great mic skills and to see he was in UW. <laughs> he was in Urban. Ur- yeah. But you know what? Bam, 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 <laughs> you know what? You know, Bam Bam Bigelow was more relatable because you know he was the 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 Asbury Park and he was yep. really from there and he put over Jersey and yeah. he was this Northeast and even had the Northeast kind of attitude and swagger. Big Boss Man was a corrections. How do we relate to a corrections officer from? Yeah, from, yeah. With the Confederate flag yeah, yeah. on his like, yeah, yeah. Let's let's be honest. He's Ray a, Trailer. He's yeah, the Red Trailer was supposed to be a very nice guy. No offense, I'm sure Jim yeah. Cornette would want to rip me a new ass off of saying this. But uh, <laughs> Bam, Bam, Bam Bam Bigelow was much more relatable, especially to Northeast wrestling fans. Yeah, for us, yeah, yes. Yeah, for us, yeah. We saw him. Well, he for LT, he put he made him look like a million bucks. He did, he did. You know, he put on a great show. And then when he, wait, look what he did with Taz. My yes, God, he ECW. made Taz. I mean, Taz was making himself, but Taz and Bam Bam is infamous. Bigelow was the best big man of all time, I think, as far as mobile and wrestling ability. Let's be honest, you know, Bigelow, by his own admittance, was this lost soul at 20-something, was a uh, a, basically a beatdown artist for an outlaw biker gang in Jersey. And he'd go collect the money and he worked the door at certain clubs and he was kind of a thug. And Paul Heyman basically, you know, discovered him in a way, actually at the Monster Factory in 84, when Studio 54 was still open. You see Paul Heyman's documentary. His first client ever was Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, well before he even went to Windy City and managed Tombstone and 911 and mm. all these guys, Bigelow was his first client. So to speak, these before uh, Heyman, before he even had the cell phone as a gimmick, yep. he was working with Bigelow, and then Bigelow went to Larry. Well, Heyman Sharp. was like 15, 16 years old. <laughs> no, he was no, he was yeah, he was eighteen. But uh, again, uh, Bigelow uh, really has a lineage that really, if you go back, he worked all the territories, world class, NWA, mid south, continental. So Bigelow was a real roadster, and and, and again, I think it would be an interesting story and. What really sucks is that they couldn't get Heyman on to talk about Bigelow because he's an employee of WWE. So that kind of anybody who's employee of WWE is not going on Dark Side of the Ring, by the way. Not out. I, I would like to. I would like to also see an episode based on the dark side of independent wrestling with different types of stories on that one episode. I oh, think yeah. they should have Dark Side of Comic Con. <laughs> I think me and Rob can Trust tell you a lot me. of stories from that. Oh, I, I have uh, 20 plus year history with that. I got 27 years. <laughs> of that in my life. I love that. Yeah, you guys would be on a, a behind the screen talking in a, a fake voice. Oh no, I was. <laughs> I, I have. Okay. I have no People know who I am. Dark side. That would be awesome. Uh, You'd have those someone there with long stem circuit. You know, back in the day, was in the basement of a church. Oh, He's God. doing all kinds of shit. You know, like that'd be great. But yeah, I, you, guys I, really, I, you guys really seen it grow. I mean, when you think about it, you two guys, like the way I've seen, you know, the way me and Draper went, you know, WWF events in seventy nine, eighty at high school gyms with Dick the Bulldog Brower was wrestling uh, Rick McGraw in the main event. I mean, you guys have really seen, uh, you know, we've seen WWF grow, to WWE, and you guys really seen Comic Con grow. I mean, I've never been to one. But uh, I know my brothers have always been into it. But the people who've been there from the beginning, what a what a! I remember when Comic Con was just a little small thing, not even thirty years ago. So I mean, it's amazing, you know. Hotels and they would have these little two room things. I remember walking to a hotel and you'd be like, "Wait, is there a convention going on?" And they're like, and the people would be like, "What's a convention?" I'm like for comic books? Oh, that's on the second floor. You gotta go up this way, up these stairs. You go back at the hotel Pennsylvania and. The, the Penta Hotel, the, I don't think it's even called that no more. Like, you know, like you go to these rooms, and I remember going as a kid, 
And like you'd show up and be like, maybe if they got 150 people to show up, that was big money for them. And this is at the time when like right before Batman 89 came out, and this is when conventions started getting big, and people were stealing the Batman posters from the train station and selling them for thousands of dollars. Oh my god! Wow, that's how 89 Batman was like. There's people who were probably still living off the money they made off of 89 Batman. I mean, people were carving their heads with the haircuts of the bat logo this shit was fucking unheard of in 89 you know and going to a convention like you know and, and seeing like like maybe 150 people and you'd have these artists it, you didn't get to there wasn't lines for these people they weren't like you needed to wait up and like how now like you know there's a line no, for if, six, you want, if you want the dark side of comic con you go to Javis Center Wednesday night to see that long line start forming for the next day that, that's, that's at unheard. the, that's at the Javits it's, it's, Center. But at, in San Diego, however, oh boy, that whole H line where they show all the movie previews for the Marvel stuff and The Walking Dead and everything, you got to be there days in advance to even get a ticket to go I on the line. I never understood stuff like that for one reason. It's going to come out in three months. Wait. You're going <laughs> to get to see it like a regular person. What are you doing? You're going to see five minutes of a trailer that's probably edited scenes that you're not even going to see in the movie. And like... It's just ridiculous. I, I, listen, I got to take my kid to bed. So let me go. Can I guys talk to you guys later? Julian, you do the outro. I'll, I'll see you guys later. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. No yeah, worries. Go, go uh, ahead, Rob. It's all right. But yeah, Kevin. Well, I, mean, yeah, I, I haven't seen an exit like that since Jim Ross. We got to go. We got to go. We're out of town. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah well, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite a day, Julian. I mean, that's why when you hit me up, um, I was like, wow, I wish out before you hit me up, I was like, Boy, what a day to not, because I had my podcast, Castle Chronicles, last night, and we had DTKC Monday, and I was like, Jesus, I got to wait till next Monday now to talk about this, it's going to be so old news at that point. So I was even saying, my God, what a night to have a podcast on a Wednesday, uh, because this is major news, and I know some of our brethren in podcasting are going on and doing special uh, reports, so to speak, tonight. Uh, which uh, deservedly so. I mean, this is a big story. I I, I would say all the pod. I mean, DT normally has a show tonight. So does JD. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised and, um, to Jason see Jason Solomon uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, I wouldn't be surprised to see anybody do a special half hour on this because uh, it's it's not your normal bus flip post WrestleMania. This is someone said a train flip. Literally. I mean, the, well over 20 people, by the way. And by the way, they just added Norman Smiley has just been released. As we no, all that's just, it, 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 it was debunked. Uh, was it? No, well, someone's saying that is true. Well, hold no, on. Was, I, I, I thought it was true, but um, Cassius Ono came out and said it was debunked. Well, Cassius Ono's just been let go, so I don't think he's in a position to say anything. Uh, <laughs> 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 wait, Drew, Drew, wait, they're saying uh, Drew Yari has not been let go. Drew Yari is, Drew uh, Yari is not been. Drew, Drew Yari has not been let go. He's still there. Okay, so oh my God. Drew will Drew will still be in the cruiserweight championship classic. So let me also say this because I forgot to bring this up when we was talking about this earlier. Do you think Braun Strowman mm-hmm. feels very fucking stupid now that he said all that crap online a few weeks back? I'm sure he feels terrible. I mean, it's fun. the one thing I I again and I, I I said this before and I want to reiterate this. Not one person, and I looked, believe me, I scoured this before I, I you know, I'm actually like a, a poster who kind of thinks before he tweets. Uh, even And if I get it wrong, I always put an asterisk saying, oh, my bad, or whatever, I'll apologize. But I, not one person did you see saying, well, you know, uh, again, on to bigger, better things, or I'm, ha- you know, today is not a bad day, it's a good day. 
everyone who was there from the way Jose to everyone. And even I saw Ember Moon put up the most saddest status on Instagram that she's crying, hysterical and devastated. I have her friends lost her job. These are some of her closest friends. No one is saying, oh, the bright side, you, you're, you're free now to do what you want. No one wanted to be free during a COVID-19, Julian. No, I don't want to be free. I, I, I don't even know if I am a staffer at those clubs anymore. Right now, I'm just a, an asshole out of work. I have nothing. So I, I technically, I still work there, but they might not even be there in June. I, I have no idea. So right now, you know what I am? A podcaster. That's what I am right now. You know? It's very fucking stupid that Braun Strowman brought that up. I'm telling you, he's going to go freaking quiet for the next few days. He Notice he never even apologized for it either. Uh, well, this is why you got to kind of, again, be careful what you say. Uh, you know, we, we have your, and I've said this before, I'll say it on your show. I've said it on many shows as podcasters, uh, you know, it's, it's an obligation that we have to, you know, we give our opinions and stuff, but when something is just right in front of us, well, you know, we, we have to address it and talk about it and call what it is. It is, you know what I'm saying? And not do this whole dance around to just, you know, be the popular guy to go against the grain. This is a bad situation. There's nobody who could spin it. I'm going to be listening to other podcasts. I want to hear other takes on it. And believe me, if I hear nonsense out of this where, oh, there's a bright side. There is no bright side. Not one person sees it that way. And listen, it doesn't have to be a whole big Debbie Downer thing. People are depressed enough. They listen to our shows, your show, my show, to, to escape. But uh, we're not doing anybody any favors by not reporting the situation accurately. And if we want to make an opinion saying, in the end, you know, some of these guys will sign the AEW, that's book fantasy booking right now. No one's hiring anybody right now. That's exactly I what I said earlier. No one's hiring right now at all. Just like Marvel Comics isn't hiring anybody right now. No one's hiring anybody right now. Ask me, ask me how many people Lucky 13 are hiring right now. Zero. Done. There was, there was no jobs available. And guess what? The jobs that are there might not be there when they reopen. They might furlough half our staff. So, again, people thinking, oh, but that's that's Rusev. So what? Do you know how many famous baseball players have had to sit on their ass because no team made them an offer and couldn't come up with a contract fucking agreement? That, that doesn't mean anything. Oh, Kurt Angle will easily go. He won't easily go anywhere with the money that he commands. Yeah, if he wants to go for 300 bucks a week, maybe he can go work the independent circuit. But I just, I people have this plethora treasure chest of fantasy money and fantasy job offers that aren't even there, Julian. They're not even there. You know, Cody's me, probably calling also... Rusev right now. No, we, Cody, trust me, Cody is not calling Rusev right now. Trust me, he's not. Neither is Tony. Neither is Tony fucking Khan. No, no, Tony Khan is not calling anybody right now. Him and his dad are trying to figure out how they remain millionaires and billionaires. They're trying to stay a billionaire and not get bumped down to millionaire. That's what they're trying to figure out right now. You know, let me also bring up something from my industry as well. Vox Media and Bustle they announced that they laid off about eighty percent of their writing staff. That includes also freelancers. Yep. So. Think of that shit. They're, most of them are there for either gigs or they're there full time. And now they got to scurry to other outlets, which is also on a hiring freezes now, too. It's uh, it's scary. I mean, what is it, 30 million filed for unemployment this week or in the last two weeks? I mean, it's going to get even higher. Uh, it's, it's, it's 1920s depression uh, times. Matter of fact, we've surpassed it in certain aspects because we're more heavily populated. Uh, 
uh, America than we were back in the 20s, by the way. And also, by the way, people in their 20s live to age 55. And then they, yes. I, I, I'd be on my last three years if it was 1927 right now. Uh, so you'd be hearing the, the, the very best of Kevin Castle. Uh, the average age uh, life expectancy back then was not like 89, 90 like it is today. And that's and COVID has taken out all those people. So it's a real fucking, it's a real double-edged sword right now. You know, it's well, people are living longer, but guess what? This disease is taking out those people living longer. And the middle-aged people who are losing their jobs, what are they going to do? So it's a real mess right now. Uh, so listen, I'm a bright, I've am a. been trying to be as positive as possible about what's going on now. I don't think I've ever brought any of the broadcasts down that I've been on. But I have gotten off the broadcast and thrown my headset on the day and just – like basically had my hands on my head saying, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going to tomorrow bring? Because I just don't know. Again, like I told you, Julian, every day is Groundhog Day. But the difference was that was a movie and that was funny. This isn't funny. Let me also bring up something too in my personal sure. life. When I, was, when I was 17 years old, when I graduated from high school, the fucking recession started. And oh, okay. 12, 12 years later, I'm about to um, graduate with my master's and... This whole shit is going on. I graduate in three months. Three months? Yes. Three months from now, I'm supposed wow. to graduate. Or three to four. And this whole shit is going okay. on now, too. So it felt like the whole circle just came right back at me. Yeah. I mean, again, it's uh, to anybody who's listening to this and stuff. And, and again, I think uh, whether it's health or fiscally or emotionally, I doubt that you won't be touched one way or the other by this crisis because even if it's not you, it's your mother, it's your stepfather, it's your brother, it's your cousin, it's your best friend. Uh, I don't know how anybody, when it's all said and done, is not going to have a story about this time of how it uh, adversely affected them. You know what I mean? I, I think uh, yes, 9-11 and Hurricane Sandy were different. There were parts of our city that did not get decimated by Hurricane Sandy. There were areas that... It just got a lot of rain and wind, but there were areas that there was six feet of water and your property floating down the street. That was a lot of people's story. 9-11, Manhattan, smell the death and the burning, but there were parts in Long Island where you wouldn't even know that there was a 9-11 because it didn't get adver- didn't get affected that way in that way. But again, this is something that affects everybody. And when we're all in the same boat, they'll have people who have, yeah, positive attitude is important. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I, I feel next year at this time, we're going to turn it around. And I hope that too, but I don't think we, I don't think we're going to turn it around anytime soon. And I just hope everybody can hang in there. In the meantime, the writers, these people who are waiters and waitresses and, and service people and stuff. I, I don't know, you know, how many jobs Julian are there online for people to go and how, how many Amazon people can they hire? You know what I'm saying? How many people can work for Amazon? Can everybody go work for Amazon? Is that the only company hiring right now? Dude, I wouldn't even work there if my life depended on it because th- there was an outbreak on some of their factory locations. Uh, that's what I heard. So I'm just saying when people are like, well, you know, you know, some people are trying to you know, take advantage. Oh, here's some job opportunities for people who think they might not get their old job back. Right now, I'm in the mind, too, that I can't even think like that. I have to think that I am going to get my old job back because it's uh, it's un believable to me julian that there will be no more nightclubs in new york is that i mean what 
You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I want to live here anymore if that's the case, if there's no more clubs or restaurants. Well, I, I think my time in New York has come and gone. Maybe I'll be forced to move to Florida or Arizona or whatever, and maybe that was the way it was supposed to go. But if they tell me, like, basically New York nightlife has been eliminated here because of a virus and we don't know if it's ever coming back, the lights on Broadway are dim and they're going to stay dim, I don't know if I want to be here anymore, to be honest with you, because I don't know if I can go through that kind of depression. Dude, when they start easing restrictions, I believe they're going to have limited capacities of people there. Even when that happens, would you go um, back to your gigs? I don't know, because why would they need me if there's only going to be a 200-capacity place and now we're a 35-capacity place and not for nothing, the owners will sell. They won't stay because they won't be able to turn a profit. They'll go from a 10-person staff to a two-person staff. And again, how much can these owners take? They're going to be on a loan that they're going to have to pay back for the next 20 years, and they'll be operating against the, the eight ball the whole fucking time. They're never going to turn a profit yeah. for years. So sell, buy, you know, buy, sell, sell, sell. That's what everyone's going to say. So guys told me already, he goes, it'll be one thing to not even have any national touring bands, but we can't have any bands perform on our stage. So what, close the back room and just hope 30 people crowd the bar and spend $2,000 a night? I mean, my God. And again, the rent's not going to go down in these facilities, Julian. The fucking the, the, the bills are not going to go down. The rent's not going to go, you know what, now that you're 30 capacity, remember that, you know that 9000 a month you pay for rent? Make it 2200 That's not That's not going to happen. So how is anybody going to be afford to be in the spaces that they're signed on to leases for for some of these Brooklyn properties? Like you pay $10,000 a month rent for some of these bar spaces. They're not even right. going to make $10,000 a month in, in, in revenue. I mean, how, how are you going to survive? $1,200 a month government check? What is that going to do? $1,200 a month. So just give it all to your landlord, and then what do you do for your – but then how do you eat? What do you eat? Your foot? What, what are you supposed to do? You know, I, again, these people who think these checks are good. And basically, by the way, uh, Julian, you know this too. It's your money. It's basically money that you paid in taxes over the years and getting it back. It's your money. It's nothing free. You paid into the system. Exactly. And, you know, I earlier I talked about uh, Comic-Con. I want to let you know how big the magnitude is of the Hall H line because I'm, I'm going to sure. send you a video about it later. Okay. So, <clears throat> it's like I said earlier, they – that room where they have all the giant panels for the Marvel people, for the Walking Dead and others, these are people who line up to the convention center at that line for three, four days just to get in there on that Friday. And the way they do it is you have to go on a previous line before to get a wristband. And they cap it off at a certain point when all wristbands are done. Then after that, you got to get on the Hall H line, which is in another location. Now think about that while the weather over there is quite hot. Because there are people camping there. There are either tents there or no tents. So you're out in the sun all fucking day to all night just to get in there for a panel. And that's about 6,000 wow. people. 6,000 people are at the max in that room. The most for any across the United States. Jeez. Wow. Yes. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable because over here in the Javits Center, the biggest panel room holds about 3,000 people. Uh, the one in Chicago, the biggest one holds about 2,500. This one over here for Hall H holds 6,000. I mean, again, can you picture – well, first of all, Julian, they would never be able to have a Comic-Con where they cut the capacity down to 200 people. I mean, how would they do that? that that's vendors alone is 200 people, isn't it? I mean, yes, seriously, <laughs> how, 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 Comic-Con could never happen again if that was the case. I mean, listen, a little bar – the 150 capacity, okay, now you're a 50-person capacity. 
you might be able to do that for six months before you go out of business. But how can conventions like there won't even be the word convention won't even make sense anymore. Isn't convention a gathering of a mass amount of people? Yes, Isn't it that is. What a convention it's going to be up. I believe this whole thing is going to be obsolete until the freaking fall when they start limiting oh, maybe 2000 God. people. Oh, my God. And this is why I stay away from the news unless it's good news. Yeah, no, I stay away from the news too. Yeah, go ahead. Everyone's creating their freaking clickbait titles to create fucking fear. I said this on a tweet the moment this vice broke out. I would not live in fucking fear at all because of this news. Well, let me ask you. You know anybody? I know Rob obviously said he had. He knows people had it. Do you know anybody who's had uh, COVID in your family or circle? No. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's, that's pretty other, good. Other than Rob, no. Yeah, well, two of my bands that I manage have it. Two bandmates that I have managed uh, have it. One of the guys we were around a couple of weeks ago, but uh, basically we were just told to keep self-isolating. I'm fine. If you have no symptoms, just stay away from everybody for a couple of weeks, which I've been doing anyway. Um, but my more concern is obviously I'm 51 years old. I have to be, you know, these two guys are 27 and 29 respectively. One is fine, and the other one had basically the remnants of the flu, and he's fine now too, and his whole family's recovering. Uh, that's the thing, Julian. They don't tell, like what Rob told the story about himself and his wife, uh, they don't tell too many recovery stories. They like to tell you the people who don't recover. You know, they don't that, tell that's you. Exactly, the, that's the point I just brought up. I, I would yeah. not live in fucking fear. You can't because, again, I can't even imagine a world where, again, we have not benefited from it in podcasting because obviously there's a lot to talk about now. There's podcasting. There's been a lot of fuel for the fire for our, our stories and our narrative. But when it really dies down and there's no wrestling and there's no new shows or whatever, we better be some entertaining guys because yes. when people tune in, there's – we better have an hour, two hours to kill with some good fucking jokes or some sound bites, because then we'll start seeing our revenue go down and patrons and subscribers and stuff saying these guys aren't talking about anything. Like there's not, I tuned in, they talk about what I can watch on the news. You know, I don't want to hear that. So again, we have to as podcast as podcasters right now at the moment, all of us are fortunate because more subscribers subscriber uh, is up. Uh, you know, listenership is up. Uh, I, I speak for DTKC Soup. Patreons are up, thank God. Uh, but I wouldn't get too confident with that right now because as all this wrestling is coming and ceasing to happen, uh, what are we going to talk about? You know what I'm saying? So, yes. again, <laughs> we've, 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 thank God for Dark Side of the Ring. And then I, props to those guys giving us content to talk about. There's the, again, uh, along with this releases today, too. <laughs> The releases today and the news is keeping – there were people, Julian, I came in telling me people said, Kevin, I'll be honest. I haven't watched Raw since January. I just listened to the podcast. I don't even – I hear who's there from you guys. I don't even know. I didn't, Is Finn Balor still in the company? I wouldn't even know. So, again, so he, many people he was saying, literally He was literally on NXT an hour ago. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. So, again, so um, right now we're we're – in a decent spot, but my fear is, as this goes on a couple of weeks, and WWE and AEW tapings are done, and then there's no wrestling because they're not going to bring them back live. Uh, what what then? Then we talk about. We better hope for breaking news almost weekly to keep these things going to keep people's interest. You know. So again, this puts all podcasters to the test of keeping uh, listeners entertained and informed and tuning in, and that's that's going to be our task for the next few weeks. Dude, this is what I said a few years ago when me and Rob had the show when the whole YouTube thing started getting cracked down. I told everybody then, do not f sell your entire career on YouTube because eventually it's going to get hit. What's happening to the podcasting landscape? Um, Kev, you have your um, 
you have your booking business and Don Tony, he's in the insurance. You guys got to back up. And I know, I'm sure other people who are big in the podcasting too. Well, well, not, well, the- yeah, well, well not, not really because my booking business is frozen because the bands can't play. They can't tour. So I'm, I, I'm like, I, oh, said, no, I mean, I, I mean, before, I mean, yeah. before this whole shit happened, <laughs> you guys had a backup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Other ones, other ones who have sold their entire career on just on the radio airwaves or podcasting. What's going to happen when WWE shuts down? What are you going to do? How are you going to get an income when you I have not got, got, a, got a job? If, if this podcast shuts down, I'm glad I look good in a, uh, a bandana over the face because I'll be robbing people. Uh, that's, that's what's going to go down. I'm starting a street gang, very similar to escape from New York. And, uh, we're going to pillage mostly rich people, uh, because we're not going to go, we're going to be very Robin Hoodish. I've already decided that my gang will not go after poor people. So, uh, that's, what's going to happen when we're in anarchy and I'm living, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely get a badass eye patch like snake Pluskin. That's for sure. So I'm not, but I'm joking. But again, the fact that you now can't walk out the door without a mask on, and by the way, I hate those masks. They're very cumbersome. I don't I, like. I let me I don't like this. it. Dude. I tried to wear a few of them. The, the shit kept restraining my nose. I told myself I'm just going to wear a cloth from now on. I'm wearing a cloth too. I'm going with the bandana. I cannot wear the mask. I have two of them, and I feel like I'm suffocating. I feel like I'm. I'm actually. And Trez has a problem with the mask too. She has asthma and just feels like uh, I I'm feel like Darth Vader. I'm hearing myself breathe and it's freaking me out. So I don't like it. So I wear the, the bandana and the, you can get the air underneath the neck area. So I feel better with that. I try mask. I'm out. Uh, if I got to wear a mask, basically I'm staying in. I'm not going out until they wave the mask thing. So I'll just stay in my fucking house and just go out and get the mail because I am not wearing that fucking thing out in public. I just feel like I can't breathe. No, I already, I already have three more. I'm only going to use it if I need it. And I've so far, I don't think I even need it right now. I just hope it doesn't become uh, par for the course where uh, it becomes a mandatory thing for a long time here in New York. I mean, again, uh, sometimes I'm kind of glad my father's not around anymore because he had all sorts of health problems. I don't know how he would have fared in this situation. But I also would know that he'd probably look at it and go, Jesus Christ, man, I fought wars for this country. This is what we become in this country. Like, you can't even go out. You can stop by the police. Why are you out? Who's this person in your car? I'm going to the store with them. Do they live in the same house as you? Uh, what what country do we live in? Uh, all over a virus. And again, my sympathies to people who have it and stuff. But I don't know where the scare, being scared of the virus uh, ends and where my obligation to my country that I'm willing to give up my life savings, my freedom, my peace of mind, and any future that I had as I tap into what li- little life savings I have to live for the next couple of months did I sign up for this? I'm not even sure. I, I I don't even know. I don't know what to think, to be honest with you, you know, and, uh, the days of saying, well, you know, I'll put it back when I make it back. I don't know if I'm going to make it back. I'm seeing anything that I saved now over the years, just going away and I ain't going to make it back. I'll just, again, live to break even for the rest of my life, which was not how I envisioned my late fifties at all. You know, if I may, again, if knock on wood, if I make it, I mean, stress is a killer, man. I'm not worried about COVID. I'm worried about a fucking stroke from stress. I'm for a guy my age. That's what I'm worried about, dude. You know, everyone calling me and asking me, Kev, you're in the business 28 years. What do you think? I'm like, I've never been through a pandemic. I don't know what to think. And I don't want to be mean or addict to anybody. But again, as I told you at 10 o'clock, I have like three calls I got to make, uh, when I get off this show and I want to get something to eat first, because I'm just like, God, this is going to be like three depressing calls. And they're my friends, but 
I, I again, no one's. I, I, I'm looking for someone to comfort me, and I'm comforting everybody else. But I don't blame them because they thought this shit is still going on and on. The two club owners today that I spoke to said, "Dude, seriously, I, I really thought this was going to be done by like Easter. What the fuck? May? We're going to be shut down right. for May? That's what like guys are saying. Like, dude, we're going to be not open till maybe June. Are you fucking kidding me? So again." We were good sports the first couple of weeks. Everybody was a good soldier. But now you're going to start seeing the soldiers going over the hill. Now you're going to start seeing it more and more. And you can't blame them. Dude. No, who signed up for this? No one. Nobody. Sorry. Sorry. I had to bring up AEW real quick. Uh, an hour ago when yeah. they put Sammy Guevara on um, doing a boxing thing with uh, whatever that shit was. And they put Jack Swagger on. I immediately changed the channel and have not changed ever since. Jack Swagger, <laughs> Jake Hager, Swagger, whatever he wants to call himself. The the second they put them on TV, I changed the channel and never changed back since. They they go away heat for me. <laughs> Which they go away heat for you? Oh yeah, especially God. Sammy Gav- especially Sammy Guevara. Looks like I could take him on in a real fight. That's oh, how skinny God. he is. <laughs> oh, I know, God. I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> So many, du- so many, so many dummies online are uh, saying how Deanna Perazzo wanted to go from the WWE anyway. I said, yeah, a month and a half ago, before a, na- a worldwide pandemic hit, and now there's nowhere to go. Uh, a couple of months ago, I was talking big and bold too, saying that I wanted to quit the club business. Now I would suck the club business's dick if I can get back in the fucking door, and I do it on video. I mean, if I had to. I'm I'm embracing my job now instead of regretting it a couple of months ago. So anybody who's saying Deanna Perazzo wanted to leave anyway, yeah, I'm sure she wanted to leave during a pandemic and have nowhere. No, well, I hope Marty Squirrel makes a lot of money because he's going to have to bankroll his girlfriend for the next year. So I hope her boyfriend is. Hope her boyfriend's doing good. When by the way, when Ring of Honor makes their cuts at the end of the week, by the way, so uh, Marty Squirrel might not have a job uh, by this weekend. So we'll see. I'm telling you, dude, don't be surprised. WWE can remember when Ring of Honor or NWA or AEW release people, it's going to be a bigger bus flip because WWE has the names to spare. They have multiple employees. They don't have that many wrestlers in some of these companies. So losing like half their mid card could wipe out Ring of Honor. Think about it. Uh, you know, I'm surprised Ring of Honor did not win worst promotion of the year on the Observer Awards last year. WWE won that. Uh, Ring of Honor yeah. came second. Yeah, I mean, but again, watch. Don't be surprised. I guarantee you some of you, the, the little favorites of AEW and Ring of Honor and MLW are going to be released. And I'm telling you, it's going to be some name people. You know why? Because WWE can afford the contract of an edge. Can Ring of Honor afford the contract, the new contract of Marty Squirrel? I don't think so. What With what? Who's paying Who's paying for it? Where does money come speaking from? Of, <laughs> speaking of Edge, the, the new 24 documentary that came out of him a few days ago, I finally seen it on Monday. That was the best piece of work done. Yes, I loved it. That was the best piece yeah. of work WWE has done this year so far. I agree. I agree. It was a great documentary. It was very, very good. Well done. I've, I was also surprised on how they hit him on the Royal Rumble too, because along with how they freaking sent him to the ring in his own house, I was thinking the whole time, oh shit, that's why they there was no leaked um details of his return until that weekend. No, it was done very well. Again, I thought it was um, I thought it was really well. He's always been one of my favorites. I always liked Edge, and it's not a, a typical thing to say. I mean, Draper will back me up. Nineteen ninety seven, when I saw him as Adam Copeland in a dark match, 
I had known him as Sexton Hardcastle on the independent circuit, and I hated that name. So I was, gl- I, was, I was glad when they called him Adam Copeland, but I'm like, ah, I wish they'd kind of call him something different. And then when he came out as Edge, when we saw him the next time coming out through the crowd, I'm like, oh, shit, they gave him a new gimmick. Like, within a month, he's now Edge. Like, And then that was in 97, and me and my brother went to Nassau Coliseum and saw him, and it was great. And I had been a fan ever since. I was unwavering and stayed a fan of his till current day i never got off that bandwagon i was always a fan so and i'm happy for his success and that he's a hall of famer and i always saw something in that dude i always saw something in him even when other people are like eh, he's a mid card i'm like nah he's and then Heyman gave him that push as and when he was doing the thing with vicky and the rated r superstar yes. when he first came out it, it, he's tremendous i he's an all-star on this team he always has been um you know to me he's the way people feel about jericho i feel about edge that's the way i feel you know, when Edge first made his WWE debut on that, um, I think it was a few months before that SummerSlam pay-per-view, I thought, whenever first time I seen him, I thought he was a cast-off of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because that was, that was huge at that time. Yeah, no, he, he, he did. You know, it was funny that um, uh, when he first, you know, when Christian first came out, I recognized Jay Resso from the, from the independent scene, too. And then he became Christian. I'm like, oh, shit. And I knew Gangrel as Vampire Warrior from the independent scene. So when that brood team got together, I knew all those dudes from independent circuit from the Northeast. So I was like, this is fucking like that. This was my, my, my guys. Like I was the brood. I bought every brood shirt. I was like a brood fanatic. I still have them all in my closet. Uh, everything. I have all three brood shirts that came out. I bought every one of them and I never wore any of them. I just have them as keepsakes. And I was such a brood fan, uh, but the brood only lasted like a year and change. When you think about it, it wasn't around a year. Yeah. But I loved it. And, and again, I love Christian, too. And I hope Christian gets a send-off or gets a comeback like Edge did. You know, I liked all the backstage footage they showed, including when him and Jarrett was talking. I thought to myself, when they said they never actually talked together, I was like, wait, these two had a match before on one pay-per-view or a house yeah. show. I think a house I show. Think it was fully, I think it was fully loaded 99. They had that match for the IC title. And they never, ever talked to each other before or since. I was like... Dude, I was like, damn, it's either these wrestlers just go in and don't talk to each other until the match, or they just they just be who they want to be. But I love the documentary, and I love how they showed everything from his build-up to his return, and his acting gigs as well. I've, I mean, I've watched Haven when it was on, on Sci-Fi Channel. I thought it was a decent show when he was when he used to be on there. Yeah, But Edge as an actor, he's pretty decent. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's successful. Like I said, I'm a a big fan. So, uh, you know, I'm happy to see him back. But again, right, you know, tomorrow is, you know, as I, you know, we close out the night and and I go to go get ready to do what I got to do. I said to myself, I wonder what tomorrow is going to bring, you know, for even if it's not anything that directly affects us, I guess it does because we do a podcast like you too. You report on wrestling that you do other things with your life, but these are, again, we're all affected by a lot of this stuff, you know, maybe not directly, but indirectly. Um, but I wonder what shoe drops tomorrow. I just don't know, you know, and, and the sad part, it's not a good shoe. It's a bad shoe. You know, like when, Oh, I wonder what, tom- I wonder what tomorrow will bring. Like who knows? Well, maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll get hit up. Oh, you got your job back. We opened Friday. That's not going to happen. But what I am thinking is Kev, guess what? This one quit. He's not coming back. I sold the business. I'm not going to reopen. Uh, you know, I almost, again, it's groundhog day thing, man. I'm, I don't know. Bill Murray did it. I'm done. I'm done with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm done with it. I'm done with Groundhog yeah, Day, man. 
Yeah, it's, I think for the ones uh, also that's <laughs> the ones also that's planning a protest. I don't think they're ready for a night in jail. Oh, protest! I mean, I, again, I, you know, the the one the, the the moments I get of any kind of solace is getting to get on a podcast, whether it's this one or mine, or I go on Texas Podcast Massacre anywhere I can who have me at this point, uh, and uh, going outside to to feed stray cats down the block is my. Uh, my, that, that this is my good stuff that's going on right now. It's, it's kind of sad. Like I said, it's very similar to being in prison, uh, except, uh, you know, I can wear what I want. I don't have to wear the orange jumpsuit. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I equate this to being like what jail is, except I don't have to worry about a bunk mate shanking me. Other than that, make, <laughs> my, my, my cat tries to kill me, but other than my cat tried to kill me. Even my cat's like, get we the fuck, the- leave the house already. Get the fuck out of here. I'm tired of looking at you. My cat is sick. Yeah, of we me. watch we watch way too much movies, man. Both of us. <laughs> I think we I think we do, but again, um, I, I I can tell you right now, I don't think I'd want to be on house arrest. I'll gladly do the stint behind bars. At least there'll be people there to talk to. I mean, again, you can get on the phone here, you can get online, but it does get very tedious, monotonous uh, to a degree. And I can see my brother John made a good point on Twitter. Uh, my brother Mike, well, I was my brother Mike who actually made the the, the main yeah. point on Facebook about the the mental health and the the uh, mental collapse and emotional damage that this is going to do to people's spirits and pocket is going to be way beyond anybody who actually physically got sick. Do you know what I mean? This is going to be, I mean, you know, it's going to be a very good business, Julian. Post virus, psychologists and uh, psychiatrists are going to have. Just a line out the fucking door like a supermarket. Literally. Oh, my God. I am so over this shit. I really am. Thank you, Kevin, for coming on the show. And also, thank you, Rob, for coming on the show as well. It was a freaking great night we had tonight. Go ahead, Kev. Plug your stuff. Uh, Monday. Well, Monday, DTKC show, Don Tony, Kevin Castle show. Uh, we're around since 1962, as you know, Julian. Uh, we've been around for <laughs> maybe, maybe too long, some people say. But every Monday after Monday Night Raw, yes, Monday Night Raw is still on the air, ladies and gentlemen. And even if it's not, we will always be on Monday at 11 p.m. Uh, we used we were going 11:15, but now we're back to 11 right after Raw is off the air because we figure why make people wait at this point. Uh, that's every each and every Monday night live. Me and Don Tony. Don Tony's on YouTube. I am on Discord. Uh, so there's two chats going either on Discord. You can go on YouTube. And it's been good since we've done this format. It's worked out very, very good. And then on uh, Tuesdays on our Patreon, we have a Patreon page. Uh, go to Patreon slash Don Tony. Uh, I think it's Don Tony D actually. And you can sign up $5 a month. Get uh, my solo show, Castle Chronicles. You get a very good show with me and a female co-host, which is my co-host Trez, which is KNT Chronicles, which is, in my opinion, the best show on our Patreon network right now. It's got the most uh, legs, and everyone's really enjoying it since we changed the name from Dark Chronicles to KNT. It's fun. It's engaging. It's it's fantastic. And honestly, Julian, I think it should be a mainstream show at some point, uh, and I and I hope it to be one day. We go from you know, a limited audience to out in the mainstream and test the waters out there. Uh, Cause me and Trez are doing this for three years. I think she's more than ready. Um, and I, I'd like to see that happen. Not right now because of the climate of what's going on, but, but for now you can, for now you can come check us out on Patreon and uh, again, get on the live chat with us. It's just a lot of fun. And uh, again, one of the, one of the few females in an all boys club that we have, and uh, it's been going really well. It's been again, saving grace for me. And, uh, yeah, that's every Tuesday. So Monday on DTKC on the mainstream and for uh, the Patreon family, every Tuesday 
on one particular Tuesday, you got KNT Chronicles. Then the next Tuesday in rotation is Castle Chronicles. So every Tuesday night, uh, you can hear me on our Patreon network. <clears throat> you know, I was debating whether I should do it. Before this whole news broke out, I was debating on whether I should do a show tonight because I had a shitload of homework, and one of them is from an intellectual property class, so it feels like I'm in fucking law school. Oh. <laughs> homework? I've been at, I've been at homework. I haven't had homework since uh, a Macho Man and Hogan teamed up for the Mega Power. <laughs> homework. Jeez. Yes, we could tell you the real shit, brother. Oh my god! But thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I want to see as we're talking now. Uh, my buddy Killer Cross. Hopefully, he'll be on uh, NXT again tonight. There was a little. T- sequence of him and Scarlett in the car last week. I want to see if they elaborate on that a little bit more by the end of the show tonight. So I'm going to catch the last 15 minutes of uh, NXT and then I got to make my calls and then I uh, do an Al Bundy from Married with Children. I sit in the chair, say, why God, why, and cry for an hour. So that should be funny. Uh, So that should be a lot of fun. (laughs) All right. This time is about to go off. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Loves and supports the show. And I hope you have a good night, Kev. Don't try to nice. get out there and beat somebody over the freaking half a glass bottle tonight. <laughs> oh, not yet, not yet. I'm not, I'm not, tur- I'm not turning heel till I. Uh, the only way I'll turn heel like a super villain is I'll officially be furloughed from work, and then that's where I 